What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Misreps Podcast. My name's Kanal. I'm joined by co-host Adam. How you doing, Adam? Hey, man. It's a it's another week. Um, NFL's been uh, it's been crazy, and um, I've made an awesome discovery at Hobby Lobby. All right, we're gonna go right into that. That is top news right now. Show me this awesome discovery. Well, for context, we uh, my fiance and I went to a different part in Dallas and or outside of Dallas actually went to some hobby like Hobby Lobby. I haven't been to Hobby Lobby in like for me personally like years, I think, especially with like COVID and all that stuff. So we were just in there. It's a big it's a big Hobby Lobby location. Um it was very like surprising to her. For me, I was just like, yeah, this is Hobby Lobby. It's just bigger because it's a bigger like location, but I was just like there's a lot of stuff in here. We walked around the whole place. We saw well, we definitely had like a three hour conversation with this one person too that was like three hours? Pretty, yeah, like we were almost there. Like God. we got there early. We got there early. We walked around. I found the discovery, all this other stuff. On our way out, we started talking to this one lady and it was like a really good conversation. She was telling us like stuff to do and around that area, that particular area where we were at. And um yeah, so anywho. The discovery um, I had was it was in like the model section or something like that. So they have like air for like the air force, like or airplanes, tanks, helicopters, you know, all that type of stuff. And then in the little section, they had gun plus. So oh, I uh, managed to sneak out uh, like two of them. And they were like, oh, and then like in this Hobby Lobby, they were um, like everything was like 50% off or something like that like certain things were 50% off but like for the figures or models it was like 40% okay. off so I got two of them um, these are not from if there's any it's like this is going to be like such a, a reach but there's any Gundam fans out there this is from the Gundam Breaker Battle Log series if you don't know what that is that is fine it's not <laughs> That it's okay. But, uh, Adam is saying that because look, he looked at my confused face and he was like, all right, can all knows Gundam? But as soon as you said Battle Breaker, I was like, dang, what's going on here? Yeah, Gundam Breaker is just like a, that's like a little thing online that they have. And the whole purpose of that is like, you know, in that universe. So Gun for anyone that doesn't know what Gundam is, in short, giant robots. <laughs> giant robots in a series where it's supposed to talk about how war sucks and all that stuff. But we're using giant robots to fight them. Um, and in this, and in Gundam Breaker Battle Log, it's just, or the Gundam Breaker franchise in general, it's all about like these kids or teenagers playing Gunpla, and it's like a miniature sized uh, giant robot. So it's like it, it could fit in your hand and stuff like that. You can customize it. So apparently, I can actually take this, these, one of these two figures, and like take the chest off of one and put it on the other to make my own unique Gundam. Ooh. So, <laughs> anywho, that was like a, a nice little thing to find, and um, I might go back. You guys, you guys, you guys are hearing him. He's trying to like brush it off, like it's no big deal. But I can see the fire in his eyes right now. This man is, <laughs> this man is fired up. <laughs> oh yeah, Gundam is a, Gundam is like one of my favorite uh, anime franchises. So as a whole, so um, dude, it's been around never... since I was a kid. That's like early nineties, bro. It's been since it's been here since the seventies. So it's been Has before it been that long? Yeah. Damn. Uh, America didn't get the first time America got Gundam was in nineteen ninety nine, and that was uh. Gundam Wing, if anyone remembers that anime franchise when it came on Toonami then. Toonami. <laughs> yeah. It was, and just like fun fact, that Gundam Wing franchise is not a part of the original timeline or the UC timeline as we call it. That one, that's been going since 1970s. And you can, 
I have the uh, the uh, anime on the anime movies, like the the trilogy movies that tell that whole the original Mobile Suit Gundam on Blu-ray. So it was nice to watch. <laughs> the subtle flex. Subtle flex, you know, subtle. Uh, this man has Blu-rays. We're out here streaming it at 1080p. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, man. No more DVDs for me since you know everything pretty much plays a Blu-ray for me in this case. And by that, I mean the con- the consoles I have. Yeah, Adam's a big PlayStation guy. PlayStation, Xbox, I got them both. Oh, you got them both? I thought you only had PlayStation. I got a PlayStation 5, I got an Xbox Series X. Oh, shoot. Thank God for that tech money. <laughs> Thank God for tech money. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Yeah, it's been all right. You know, it's always a good week when we coming off a of Seahawks win when everybody counted us out because I think we were the underdogs in that one. Oh, um, sure. For me personally, it rain's kicking in over here, so I've been uh, doing some you know, our version of spring cleaning, which is basically we can't go outside. So been doing a lot of brushing up around the place. And, you know, that's uh, that's what's up. Not much else going on besides, you know, working and stuff like that. Oh, that's good. That's good, man. So uh, you want to just get into it and talk about that glorious win we had? Yeah, let's go right into it, man. Standing alone at the top of the NFC West, your Seattle Seahawks. How does Who it feel? Thunk? Who would have thunk? thunk? Pete Carroll thunk. <laughs> He knew exactly who who would have thunk. <laughs> How would you feel about that? What went right for us? Um, the defense. That's one thing. That's the biggest thing. The defense. They definitely came to play. Um, I think we had what? Oh yeah, we only yielded three hundred twenty nine total yards this time around. Not five hundred. Not six hundred. We're we're at three twenty nine total yards. For, and you know, this was uh, let's put it in perspective. This was you know an albeit unhealthy Justin Herbert. But it was a team that had fielded Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett. You know, it was everyone, and everyone was back. I don't think there wasn't much of like I think a lot of people came back besides maybe like a couple, but like most of their stars were there for this game. Keenan Allen was on a pitch count, I think, because I think that was his first game back, or yeah. uh, or you know it, he wasn't supposed to be back, or you know what I mean. Like it was one of those like he tried to make it back for this game. Yes, yes. But, you know, everybody else was there. Tune-ups, the tune-up games. Yeah, like, they call them a tune-up game or whatever like that. But, um, yeah, we – and, oh, and we can't – and here's the thing. I don't care who you are. You cannot give the Chargers any excuse of, like, the Justin Herbert rib injury because he was playing with it for, like, the past couple weeks now. So, at he this point – He still threw point, the ball like, 51 times or something crazy right, like that. Yeah, he's, like – I know he's, like, they're either, like uh, – they're giving him some type of, like, the pain shots and stuff like that, although they're not puncturing his lungs this time around, so <laughs> – They don't do that know. for Tyrod Taylor. Only Tyrod Taylor gets that, man. They uh, – uh, there was, like, some crazy stat I saw. Or I can't remember the exact one. It wasn't, it wasn't even on Twitter. I think someone said it out loud, which was <laughs> that Justin Herbert has, like, the fewest – the lowest yards per attempt for quarterbacks that throw 51 times, or he had the lowest number of – lowest number of passing yards for a quarterback that throws at least 50 times. Isn't that so, wild? That's very wild because this is the fact that we stopped the run and we made them throw. That's like the the core of our defense right now is like stop the run, make them throw, and when they're in a throwing situation, we can get our uh, our fast uh, pass rushers on the side coming in like uh, Darrell Taylor, um, among others, as well as you know take advantage of our you know our good corner our, our cornerback play this year. So mm-hmm. it's working now. And, you know, someone that's been thriving with that, Uchenna Nwosu. Thank you, Chargers, for uh, for parting ways with arguably one of your best defenders, not named Joey Bosa, last year, because we are more than happy to, to take him on. I think he's leading the league right now with 31 uh, quarterback pressures. Yes, and that's, that's higher than, you know, Micah Parsons, you know, your, your Bosa brothers. You know, Joey's been hurt for the most part. 
but you know, yep. you're, you, I think he, Miles Garrett is more than Miles Garrett. You know, he's sitting at the top and oh, that, yeah. that was a free agent find. That was. And I remember people talking about it on Twitter saying like, you know, I think someone was like, you know, Hey, is Uchenna good? People are like, he was good for us. It's just like we, you know, we didn't have room for him on the team because we already have a lot of stars around that area. Da 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 da. Especially when they went out to get, um, uh, what's what's Khalil Mack? Yeah, they got. You remember, I couldn't remember his name last week. You I'm never, I'm never forgetting that damn name again. It's, I'm gonna say it on my deathbed. Watch. He's just gonna like break through the door one one day and just like tackle me because I forgot his name. But uh, <laughs> Khalil, Khalil Mack, because uh, they acquired him in a trade, I believe. Yeah, they sent um, some draft capital their way. Yeah, they sent draft capital for him, so I know they can like start to like, hey, we can like get other people off there that are looking for a contract and stuff like that. So Uchenin also has been really good in terms of yeah, leads the NFL in QB pressures, but our team as a whole on our defense, we're going, they're playing we're going as a unit, the, but we're going up the record or not record boards, but like we're the best defense for, in the last two weeks. Yeah, because like I, they even said as a as a uh, the Seahawks defense as a whole, we're like top ten in pressures now, and yeah. I'm like we're we're actually getting pressures. Like, do you remember the season when we got no pressures at all? Yeah, and they, <laughs> I remember it very vividly. I, just, I hated it. I hated I, it so much. I, I would I would slowly die. It'd be with a smile on my face and a tear coming down my cheek. <laughs> and that was the same year when we went toe to toe with like the Cowboys, and it was just like a, such a high scoring game because what defense on both sides that year? Yeah, and you know the Cowboys they're playing pretty well too, and they got our guy. Like I call him our guy because he made a name for himself running the defense over there, Dan Quinn. You know that's mm-hmm. they're 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 flying right now. But other, yeah. I mean, the thing is that our defense we're feeling. Like we're fielding no names or like, you know, quote unquote, no names, you know, afterthoughts, you know, we got three, I think three rookies playing on our defense at any time. You know, if Sydney, Sydney Jones is hurt, Mike Tyson's out there or not Mike Tyson. He used to be on the Seahawks. He's not there anymore. Michael Jackson, uh, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, you know, you have Jordan Brooks as your middle linebacker, your Mike, you got Darrell Taylor, Boye Mafe, you got Cody Barton, Quandre Diggs. The guy that we need to give a special shout out to because it seems like his his uh, arrival into this defensive rotation uh, heralded you know this uh, this complete reversal of this uh, of the um, of how bad our defense was was uh, Ryan Neal. I think PFF had him rated as like the third best defensive player. If I'm not wrong, am I right on that? I think, I think it was third best safety. I think for the safety or the, something overall. Think, let me it let was me either, it was either safety. Yeah, go ahead. It was either safety or defensive play because defensive player is like saying like yeah he's the third best like overall i thought it was safety if not cool uh but i'm not surprised because we you and i during those years when they didn't have a defense and when ryan neal actually came on the field and stuff as like a backup through injury or something uh dude that was my yeah, guy was you remember through. that too i was hyped off my ass off that guy i was hyped too i was like bro ryan neal he has that like he I'm has that hungry. dog he has that dog in him i'm hungry i'm gonna come after you i'm gonna like just I may have like a like a smaller body, like you know, uh-huh. body than say like Jamal game, Adams. I think he had the game ceiling interception when we played the uh, Cowboys. I think that was him that had the game ceiling interception yes. ended. There was, a, yes, I think, there was a specific play in that game where he, uh, I think, Dak threw it out to a man in the flat, and Ryan Neal was right there. He could have easily picked it off and ran it back. He waited for the receiver to get it and then just completely annihilated him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some of us were right. like, we we love that. But, like, you can get that pick, too, man. No harm in doing that. Yeah, go get a pick, man. Go get a pick. Because it was uh, – I mean, he's even now he came in, again, off of injuries with Jamal Adams this season, and now he's just 
having a blast. He's having fun. He's showing that leadership. Like to me, I feel like I'm not because we use him as a box safety. I'm not sure how good he is in a coverage uh, situation. So essentially, like if Quandre Diggs were to go down, I forgot who his backup is right now, but I know Ryan Neal is Jamal Adams' backup. So Mm -hmm. I know we're using Neal more as a box safety going forward. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, either way, I'm just glad that like we have young talent that are like literally all of almost all of our rookies that we drafted are just like on fire. And then I think the only one that hasn't been getting out there as much is uh, Boy Mafe, but like that's only just due to. He's, I know, think he's slowly getting his feet underneath him. I think he had a, another solid week. He had a few pressures to his name on. In that right. And he had, but he has been playing. It's not like he hasn't been playing yeah. at all, but at the same time, like you said, he's getting his feet under him. He's learning, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. I think he's going to be just fine, especially with like the rotation that we're doing with the D line during situations or in general, because there's you have to have a rotation with defense, else everyone's just going to be dead tired. Yeah, and I think we got one or two on IR of our rookies. I, I, I put out a tweet on our Twitter, or I replied to someone. I mean, the thing is, is that our defense, or maybe our team as a whole, you know, our like I think it was a I think it was someone talking about um, coach of the year candidates. And, you know, Brian Dobble, he's been running away with it, according to some people. You know, more, kudos, more power to him. We'll talk about the Giants in a bit. Um, you know, following up with that is um, Robert Sala for the Jets because the Jets are having a revival. You know, New York football is is booming right now. Jets but, and Giants, man. But Pete Carroll, I, I said, you know, let's, let's throw Pete Carroll in that conversation because I think if you look at the number of players that we're fielding at any given moment, if you look at the number of players we have that are – I would say, let's say conservatively four years or less, you know, rookie deal or less, or, you know, mm-hmm. undrafted player, you know, that kind of thing. At least half our team is on like that kind of a, that kind of a contract or like in that kind of a situation. We're fielding a very young team and they're, they all got that dog in them. And that was just, you know, that's a combination of, you know, in the years past where we've had guys like Ryan Neal come through, like those guys are usually like your, your practice squad heroes kind of thing. And then, you know, we just had like a solid draft this year and we just drafted a bunch of dogs. That was a solid draft. And I think um, I saw this like on like over on Twitter. We have like the second best in terms of like rating like our draft capital. Like we're second best in the league right now going into this um, offseason. So pretty excited when that comes up. And we're going to have like, like this year we're in terms of our cap space, we're literally like towards the bottom in terms of like whatever we have left. Uh, we've made some. I think it's, it might be moves. dead money from Russ, though, isn't it? It's it's dead money from Russ and others. You can check on um, like over the cap or something because I, I definitely took a look over there and it was pretty like yeah, it was like dead money from Russ, Bobby Wagner, um, a lot of other players too. Some players are still on the team. It was weird. There was dead money with that. So regardless, though, next this upcoming like next year, we literally are gonna have like we're gonna be rolling in the money. Like there's. It's just a yeah. crap ton of money coming, Which is good so basically, because it's good it, for that offseason free agency. Yeah, it, well, we got to take care of our guys. You know, at that point, we're, we're going to need to have a talk with Gino, see what what the situation is once the once the chips are settled. Because I think he's on a one year deal deal right now. So and then Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, and we got Drew Locke. Drew Locke is an unrestricted free agent, so it'll be it'll be one of those things like, do we want to keep him as a uh, unre- like a, as a backup understudy type of thing? Do we want to go out and draft a quarterback? You know, we'll have to uh, play it by ear. Let's wrap up some of these other defensive stats, though, because we have them written down. Let's uh, let's round them off. Mm-hmm. 
five for 13 on, I think five for 15 on a third down. Uh, I think I heard the uh, commentators say this and like, uh, and chargers were one of the best in the country at converting on third down. I think they had something like 50% conversion rate. I think that, I think when you're as a defense first five games of the season, that was our, that was our, that took, that takes the wind out of our sails, doesn't it? How many oh, times man. we put a team in a third and long situation. And it's, we, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful indeed. <laughs> yeah. Cause like the third and long, you're like, all right, get them off the field. Oh God. It's, it'd be stupid plays. Like, you know, they, they do like shallow runs or something like that or shallow crosses and just pick up the first down. Seems to have been eliminated. Ryan Neal. I looked at the, that tweet, that Twitter, um, third overall, third highest PFF overall, including offense and defense players. Hmm. So okay. that, he, he had a pick. He, he his pick was in coverage. You know, it, I think it was. I think it, I think uh, Herbert was. It was like a third and long type of situation. And Herbert was trying to uh, make a make a play, make a pass over the middle, and uh, Ryan Neal right place at the right time. Um, Darrell Taylor. He had another forced fumble this week. He's starting to get in the habit of that, where he's going after the ball. But this time, he was able to take it away. I think that's. I think that uh, takeaways are something that seem to starting to get a little knack for them aren't we yeah i think i forgot where we are um in the nfl in terms of takeaways for the season but like we're definitely starting to kind of get up there and right now i think even well before this game you know everyone's like oh seahawk defense is bad that's all people were saying after this game though you got like hey we ain't right back though yeah right <laughs> uh i think it was uh, it was rich on his show was talking about the the seahawks everyone's like wow where are the seahawks gonna go Good Morning Football literally was talking about, like, they had, like, a top five rookies, and two of our rookies was number one and number two. Yeah. It was uh, Kobe Bryant and then Tariq Woolen, and then they were both over uh, Sauce Gardner, and it was it was funny. Um, either way, like, we're, we're getting a lot of recognition, um, and especially with all the picks that were coming, like, that are coming up. Um, it's going to be really good. But one thing I do want to mention about this defense again is that uh, Ryan Neal definitely said it, and other players did too that there were, they had player meetings again. They basically started up the player meetings, like no coaches were in this. Um, this is basically like a, hey, we got we have to have like a come to Jesus moment basically with us and what we want to be and stuff like that. And because I've, I've been in those certain situations too, and you either got, you got one of two ways to go. You get worse or you get better. And this team has been getting better in the past uh, couple of weeks. I think it, it definitely started with the Cardinals and then it's going, it's rolling into now and hopefully you know, when we get to the Giants, it'll continue there because we're going to be facing up to Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Uchenna Nwosu, or uh, Kobe Bryant had a pick this week as well, but it was negated by an Uchenna Nwosu uh, offsides. But, you know, I think what we talked about this a lot, or at least I, I mentioned it too, which was, you know, it seemed like our defense was very reactive instead of proactive, right? Mm-hmm. It looked like we were playing. It's When you play like that, you look like you're playing afraid, right? Where you're just like, oh, I hope they don't, they don't throw a deep ball on me kind of thing. But um now they're playing proactive and you know they, they they're going and they're making those cuts and you know they're they're jumping those routes and they're they're going after the quarterback you know it's it's all coming together and I think that's the that fits the profile of the the locker room now I think that's what that I think that's what that player meeting resulted in because I think who, who are the leaders in that in that player only meeting I think uh Quandre Diggs for sure um for sure probably Al Woods you got it you're forgetting a linebacker oh yeah Jordan Brooks yeah, like I think it's at the very least you start with those three, if not, unless Ryan Neal was like getting into those talks too. But you know, any a leader is just someone that steps up and just calls stuff out, and then you either you discuss 
or you're just going to ignore and all that good stuff. So regardless, I think they had pretty, um, it was basically a, a pretty positive meeting because as you can see, we're now we're starting to be recognized. I told you, like, all we have to do is just tighten up the defense and we can do a lot of things, especially with this offense right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you want to get into on, on the offensive side of things, too? Oh, yeah, we uh, got we got thoughts on the offense. We got we got a we got an individual who goes by K9, Kenneth Walker, the third jersey, number nine, K9. Mm -hmm. um, he came to play today. What do you think? Um, man, that big run, that was like the most beautiful run ever. And he even changed his profile picture to like one of the stills from that run on his uh, Twitter. So it was pretty cool. Um, DJ Dallas was also running as well. Um, I, I, you know, I can't complain, right? It's not like we're just trying to force the ball to run for the sake of running. It's efficient running, which is what we've always wanted, especially, you know, when Russ was here and we just couldn't run the ball for our lives. Um, I'm just so excited. Like we have all these rookies are just going off and especially that we have a rookie running back who I'm saying that's like a top three running back, uh, like out of the, the draft class. Um, Oh, easy. So that, and, oh, you know, yeah. and, um, I think one of the things that we're, we're seeing a lot of right now is, uh, um, Seahawks are playing a lot of 13 personnel. So everybody, everybody was like at the, in the off season, I remember this too. Everybody was like, they gave Will Disley money, but then they traded for Noah Fant. And you also have Colby Parkinson in the flanks, right? Like, what are oh, yeah. they going to do with all these tight ends? Well, this is what we're going to do with all them damn tight ends. Put them on the field. Because who opened up that gap for K9 to go out and, you know, do his thing? It was a cutting – it was a pulling Kobe Parkson and uh, Will Disley. They just opened that seam right up, and K9 – he had he had a top speed, like, of 22 miles an hour. Like, yeah. you wouldn't think of that. He was the fastest – uh, I think he was the fastest ball carrier for the week with that one. Or... I think he was of the season. Ball carrier meaning just out of running backs. You know, you have, like – I think Tariq Woolen topped out at, like, 22.6 or something like that when he had a pick six. Yeah, it was uh, – it's really just – it's just so good. Especially when they, they definitely talked about it when they got on the field. It's like, oh, there you go. They're like, you know, there you go. You see Kobe Parkinson. You see Will Disley, Noah Fant. And then, like, the thing with uh, that personnel is that – you don't know if it's going to be a run or a pass because mm -hmm. they can, well, usually in that case, Gina will definitely get under center, but like, you don't know if it's like, it's a typical pass, if it's a play action. Uh, I think like that personnel is going to be really good. My only you know concern is we have all this success right now, early in the season, but you know, as we get closer to the playoffs and stuff like that, teams are, they got so much film to look at. So I just hope that we still got a lot in the tank, you know, at least to make some type of push for the playoffs. Do I see us going to the Super Bowl? I mean, if if we can tighten up this defense further and then open up the offense even more, I believe we can make a Super Bowl run. Now, it's going to be very hard, of course, but it'll be a nice story to talk about if we go all the way. It'll be the feel good story of the year. They're going to write. They're going to write movies about this. No one will live. I will not. Who let anyone live it down? I will be that. I will be that person wearing it, it can happen. So, <laughs> for for people that are listening to us for the first time and stuff like that, you know, we might sound like pie in the sky fans, but Adam and I are pretty realistic, and we have our we're pretty level headed when it comes to these things. And I think the thing that we're we're banking this off of is that, you know. Every it doesn't matter who it is every year, you know, the playoffs are one game, you know, a series, right? It could be if you, if you get to the playoffs, it's anybody's ball game, even if you're home or away, it don't matter, right? I, I think Giants, both of the ones that Eli won back when there were only six teams in the playoffs, I think the Giants were six seeds both times. 
Like any, it's it, 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 that's the great thing about American football is that you know, and on any given day, anybody can win, right? We'll talk about those any given days because this week seven was filled with some any given days, but yes, many. But on the, uh, what are some things that stuck out to you? Things that we can improve because we got to look at it from you know, we can't we we can ride the highs, but there's always room to improve. What did you think? Um, coverages, I think those are they can still get out of like nowhere. You'll just have people that are just open. And I do know the thing the thing about a defense and what's happening on the field is like there's it just depends on the situation. It depends on like what packages you're running. But like in that there was like there was definitely a time when all of a sudden like the Chargers were just like, oh, we're revving up. We're driving down the field really fast. I'm not going to say like our defense is just going to hold the team to like zero points the whole game. Like it's it, it's really fun when you see stuff like that. But at the same time, like this is the NFL. You got professionals playing everywhere. So in terms of defense, I think we can still make some improvements because, of course, we're trying to, like, get better than where we were, like, two, three weeks ago. So I think, like, it, it should be made on the defensive side of things. On the offensive side of things, like, just execution, you know, less mistakes, don't fumble the ball. Special teams, we definitely, well, I didn't see any issues with our special, well, can't say I didn't see any issues, but like we still need to tighten up on our special teams. Yeah, there, there. Were, I, I, I knew we were going to bring that up. I, I, I just remembered, too. I can't remember who it was. But yeah, we had that dumb penalty, right? That was. Oh, I know who it was. But there was a guy. I think uh, we picked him up off of. Uh, I think it was Niners or Rams practice squad. His name's like Joey Blunt. He yes. he just came in, and I think him and who else was it? They were racing. They were racing. They collided with like they just collided with the dude. The dude was even like, yeah, you know, waving my hand. Actually, so, to be know, fair, fair, it was like a it was like a like a shrug type of like a quick uh, fair catch because. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it was one of those situations where he was trying to pinpoint the ball. He looked down, and you just saw two bullet trains coming at him. Did those you guys hear are... the pop? Did you hear the pop out of yeah. that hit, though? Yeah, and I think it was actually just like a – I don't think it was helmet to helmet or anything. Like That was my first thought. But I think no. it was just solid pads on pads, and it just it was came. a pop. You can hear it. Yeah. They, play, they replayed it in the game. I was like, ooh, and I know, like <laughs> – and then, of course, like, obviously on for us, it was like, that's a big pop. But it's, you know, you're not going to get a pop like that because the dude was just standing – He he wasn't expecting to get hit. Yeah, he didn't brace so, himself. Yeah, and that, and stuff like that, you do. Yeah, throw that penalty back. I'm sorry because Blunt, you you can't do that, man. Like, come on, like I, I you got to like, bring up that awareness a little bit. That yeah, was, that was like a state of awareness right there because it, it was his first week. But if we got Gunners on special teams again, coupled with a Michael D- Mike Dixon like punt, because you know this was we we actually have to acknowledge it was it was a week where we didn't give up a defensive score or a special team score. Uh, mm-hmm. On a safety, was it safety the first time? Uh, I forget touchdown return the against the Cardinals. Yeah, it was safety this week for sure. Or no, no, sorry, two weeks ago. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. I think it was like a safety and a uh, defensive and a uh, special teams touchdown off of block kicks. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think he was in the end zone right when he kicked it. That he was he was pinned deep when he didn't we? I thought we had a say. Did we have? We didn't have a safety in this game, right? We did or... have a safety. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, 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 that was a one. I don't know that hurt. That hurt my soul. But um, we did come away with some real quick. We I, I and I'll end it off well, when we get towards the end of this section for the Seahawks. I'll end it off with some fun stats that I found. Mm-hmm. Um, but real quick, we did end up with some injuries. We had uh, Uchenna Osu has an injury. I think he should be back in like a couple weeks or less. Yeah, DK, I think they pin that they pin that one down to like cramp muscle cramps. I think or something like okay, that. Okay, cool, uh, great. The big one, unfortunately, was DK alongside J.C. Jackson. 
Um, that was and it was a weird thing too because you can definitely see like they weren't colliding, they weren't fighting over the ball. You'll just see J.C. Jackson ch- like chasing after D.K. You see him pull up, fall to the ground. D.K. I think gets the ball, uh, comes down. I don't think his feet were in or yeah, anything like that. Let's get that one. There, there. So there are two separate instances, right? So D.K.'s was mm-hmm. early and on in the game, and he just looked like he landed on his left leg and went out, and then they just immediately pulled him out. And it was weird for all of us fans watching because we saw D.K. Like, we saw DK go out, right? It was a deep ball. I mean, normally DK catches those. It just looked like a miss, like a miss on that one. We uh, All of a sudden, we just see DK on the cart. And, you know, he's, like, laughing. So we're like, oh, this man's got to go take a dump again or something. Right. <laughs> but uh, afterwards, they were like, DK's out for the rest of the game. We're like, oh, shit, that's not – that normally doesn't happen, does it? Yeah, Ryan Neal did say after the game that, like, I talked to DK. He said he's all right. It's just, like – Don't want to take a risk, man. Yeah, don't no, we're not we're not taking a risk with him. I think we're gonna keep him out for a little bit because he had a um what was the injury? It was a patellar uh the patellar tendon knee injury. It wasn't as bad as JC Jackson's who ruptured his his patella tendon. Yeah, and that that happened later in the game. That was Marquis yeah. Goodman's I don't know second why I thought touchdown. They were at the same time, <laughs> but yeah, I think they were saying like it was like the first initial thing they thought was like he dislocated his kneecap or something like that. And then they, upon closer examination, they're like, as a result of the kneecap getting dislocated, I think it was a ruptured patellar tendon, which, as we all know, rupture anything, that's pretty much your season's done, right? Yep, because that's a complete tear and, like, something like that. Uh, in terms, well, it's it technically happened early in the season, so he should be back. Well, J.C. Jackson should be back good, uh, early for, like, um, training camp, hopefully. D.K., we don't really have a timetable for when he's going to be back. But all of this comes back to, and apparently this was like a huge thing happening on Twitter over it, poor, cheap turf field at the LA Rams and Chargers Stadium. It's a brand new stadium that they put like millions, if not billions into. Oh, very, very few, very many billions. I think it was like six or seven billion. Okay, I'm about like to say, that. okay, so many billions went into this stadium and mm-hmm. you're telling me you can't get, you know, if you are going to go turf, you can't get good turf. State-of-the-art you know, turf? Or yeah, state-of-the-art turf or just go grass. A lot of people were actually calling, players even were calling for grass. Yeah. The only issue with grass is, um, granted, you know, turf is cheap. You don't have to maintain it as as well as like a, a regular grass field because I've played on both myself. I will say it's a lot better when you get on a field that has a really well-kept, like uh, well-kept natural field. It's like the best thing to uh play on because uh one thing with like the uh a player was talking about i think it was either dk or someone from the seahawks when you're playing on a a very cheap and a like a bad quality turf field whenever you are falling into it all that force is coming back to you so that's like a higher chance for injuries and stuff like that and And you're telling me these billionaire all these billionaire owners can't like open up their wallets and then just have some better fields. I know they're trying to keep all that money to themselves. It's an owner's league. How, we understand. How, how short-sighted is it that you don't want to protect your investment? Because at the end of the day, these players, you know, we, we don't want to dehumanize them. But from an owner's perspective, you know, they're, they're contracts on your books. Those contracts are assets. You're telling me you don't want to protect your asset by investing a small amount into a maybe better artificial turf that you have. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think uh, anybody would argue that that's, not in your own best interest, even if you're an owner, it's it's in the, everyone's best interest. And it you and I, be. you and I were talking about this. Even the Seahawks, right? You know, even in during the Legion of Boom years, I think there were studies that were done that you know it wasn't the Legion of Boom necessarily that was you know team. There was like a there was a um, what do you call it? Like a, a like an urban legend myth type of thing. You know, after like teams would always lose after playing the Seahawks because they would be battered up so bad 
from taking all those hits from the Legion of Boom, that it would be like a hangover in the following week, right? That was documented. But what wasn't what, what what's known now is that a lot of those injuries that players were picking up playing us, when, especially when we were at home, came from our turf field. Like, it, you know, injuries, we look at the weird injuries that our players have had, you know, historically as well. We've had a lot of, like, um, contusion-type injuries, stuff like that, and, like, um, muscle tears and that kind of thing, historically. Mm-hmm. And it just it just seems like, you know, why wouldn't you invest the money? It, it, it's just better for your product, right? If you're mm-hmm. looking at it as a bottom line thing, it's so short-sighted not to invest in a better field um, just to save a few bucks now as opposed to saving, you know, your player your player value on your books for years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's – and I think I saw a tweet where someone was like, how do you have all these, like, high – there's not high assets like you were saying, but they were just saying, like, you have this investment. You have these these – you're giving all these money, like I mean, big money to these players on this field. You don't want to protect them. Yeah, it just <laughs> doesn't make it. sense to me. It's money, man, because owners don't care. Well, I can't say owners; all owners don't care, but uh, most of these owners are definitely in it for the money and money alone. Because I will. May, I mean, this is me, an owners' league. This is an owners' league at the end of the day. I don't know. I don't know the way revenue sharing works. I haven't looked into it in enough detail. I mean, the amount of finances that we know in, in the NFL pretty much ends at the salary cap situation, right? Mm-hmm. But. I mean, is it, if they're coming from a perspective of they're like, well, I make money either way, it's green, right? <laughs> like, you know, then maybe that's what's fueling this. I mean, and there, it's not just it's not just these artificial turf fields, too. We've been victims of this personally, or like our team personally, for like from natural grass fields as well. Like, you know, when it comes halfway through the season, when you were to play, if you were to play at the uh, what was formerly called FedEx Field, I don't know if it's still called FedEx Field, Washington Commander Stadium. They have a natural grass field and you would, it's basically like playing on a mud patch out there. And, you know, we've had players go down with ACL tears and stuff like that on that Mm -hmm. field. Um, That's the other side of it, right? You know, maybe there's like, maybe there's just a balance somewhere that you you need to strike. And yet, funny enough, you were talking about like the Seahawks field. I was looking at their, um, like their surface history. So they did get new turf for the Sounders season back in 2016. So this is like, you know, post- well, I wouldn't say post. This is like some of our, you know, Legion of Boom era. Like now we're kind of starting to lose those people slowly over time. So I think we definitely have a new turf field, uh, at least since then. But because it was definitely because we have so- we play soccer games in the Lumen Stadium. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's actually just that's a little tidbit right there I found. And, you know, I watch I watch a lot of um, soccer as well, especially Premier League. All those stadiums out there, every single one of them, open air natural grass field they're hot though i've in houston i played this is when i was i think i was still playing football at prairie view they there was a field in houston it's the dynamo stadium it gets very humid in that stadium when Mm -hmm. like the wind does not blow in that state it's it's to the point where like wind just it doesn't come into the stadium it disappears entirely because i'm let me tell you it was humid in august that is it was the hottest time well i mean when is houston not humid that's that's fair but what my point was is that you know, the, the amount of, like, English soccer teams, they play at least 38 games on that pitch, right? And it's they're, they're tearing it up, slide tackling. They got cleats and everything like that, too. It gets rainy as hell in England. Mm-hmm. But you look at the turf condition, the field conditions, and it's respectable still. And, you know, in that sport, that's a very, I mean, it's you're running a marathon, but you also have a lot of impact injuries and you're not wearing pads. You don't really hear about ACL tears and that kind of thing 
from a lot of those from sure. a lot of those players. Um, obviously, they're not hitting each other with the same level of impact, but um, those turf related injuries, you, you just don't see a lot of them. So there's something that maybe we can learn from there. I oh, mean, sure. you, you have to be incentivized to learn. If the if the owners are making money regardless, then maybe they just don't care. But you got to look out for these players because at the end of the day, it's in their best interest and it's in our best interest. You know, nobody wants a DK Metcalf to get hurt. That's one of our, you know, best players. Although technically we were at the Chargers stadium. So would the Chargers really care if the other teams, people were getting injured? On these well, I mean, they, they care that JC, they, how much did they spend for JC Jackson? I think it was 80 something million over three years. Like they gave him like a top 10. Rupture Patellar. Yeah. Rupture patellar tendons are a two year recovery period. I mean, a, a year to get back on the field and a two, a, another year to get back to full speed. Yeah. So, so congrats. We'll, you, you, you threw that $80 million down the drain. Idiots. Idiots. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of that, which is probably nothing. So especially when two teams share that stadium. So that's the LA Rams and the LA chargers. So they definitely will have to come together on changing the field and it doesn't affect either team. Nah, it, it's uh, maybe, uh, if you think about it, I think I think it's the Rams that have all the say in that. I think the the Chargers are backpacks in that in that stadium because they hey, can't even fill it up themselves. LA Rams can't fill it up either. Yeah, right now they're not doing so hot, are they? I'm not even talking about now. Even when they were winning, like it was like other teams. There was literally a meme. Yeah, Cowboys. They had to go silent count against the Cowboys, didn't they? Or was yeah. That, yeah, yeah. This was their winning. This was their Super Bowl season too, by the way. So they were winning like stats. They had a lot of well, wins. I think. Oh, it, I mean, it's every season. Yeah. That's what happens when you bring a team. To a new city, technically, I mean, the Rams were in um, forgot where they were. They were in uh, St. Louis, then they moved to L.A., and then, of course, trying to get those fans over. Because I think the the fans in L.A. are just fair weather. They care about success, so maybe continuous success will bring the fans out. So it's just you got one Super Bowl win. Can you go and get like, or can you at least get to like playoffs on multiple seasons and stuff like that? Yeah, because historically, the Rams have played in L.A. You know, that you have that fan base that you know, lost that franchise at some point and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. new fans are what they're looking for. And success mm-hmm. brings in those new fans as Fairweather fans and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, they, I mean, they sold it. They sold the farm just to win a Super Bowl last year. So good luck with that. Good luck with that because uh, in the NFC West, the Seahawks literally have, like, everyone in the NFC West is, like, trying to gear up. Like, we'll talk about the trades, you know, shortly because I know there's a big trade with CMC. But – Everyone has traded. Everyone has put all their chips in and stuff like that. And then Seahawks are just like, yeah, we we got rid. You know, we got rid of a big player. We got picks in return. People, you know, people usually think like once you get rid of a big player, like the quarterback and stuff like that, you'll have a little bit of a dip until you find someone else to get you there. It's it, you know, and then you we all know what it's been like for this season for us. And we have all like we have like the second best draft haul right now. And I'm just so excited for that compared to like, I don't know how it is being another fan of these other teams. And you're going to be like first day. You're like, oh, we have no picks. Dude, isn't like we're spoiled right now because we had it. Our expectations are so high for next year. Are we spoiled? Because we have not been really picking in the first round like that in the past, like five to ten years, really. Yeah, it's been a while. We always do the uh, we always do the typical like you know trade down and out of the first round, but now like uh, this season we got two picks in the first round. Unless yeah. like we're gonna use our maybe our if we go really high, maybe we use ours to get more picks or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. I feel like we still need more pieces, so maybe use that draft capital yeah. instead. As long as Denver keeps sucking, because we're hoping our first round pick is number thirty-two. Uh, the Denver woes keep on go- uh, keep on going. Yeah, let's round out our uh, offense or look at the offense. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one thing that we talk about week over week, week every every week is offensive line play. So, what do you see from offensive line this week? Um, 
I'm just so proud of our two rookie tackles. Uh, <laughs> like that, like to me, when um, you got people that are just fresh, fresh out, well, not, you know, fresh out of a draft, and we completely start you up on both sides, both right and left tackle. Again, people, if this is your first time here, the Seahawks are starting rookies at both left and right tackle. Everyone knows about the left tackle, right? You know, Charles Cross, but not many people know about Abe on the, or Abraham on the, on the right side. Regardless, they've both been doing so well, even in the preseason and stuff. And like now they haven't, you know, they're just getting, they're slowly getting better. And we have a decently young line. I think the only, the old, the, the spots that are where we still have some older players at is with um, one of our guards. Uh, yeah. The one we, yeah. I think oh, the one right, we right, right, guard, right guard is Gabe Jackson. He's in yes. here. I think Phil Haynes is in, who is relatively young, I think. He's, yeah, yeah, he's relatively young. And then we have Austin um, Blythe at center, and I don't know how old he is, but I think he was. He's, a, I think he's, like, he's, he's seasoned. He's a seasoned vet, like five five years around there or so, but he hasn't been giving us a good return. Granted, we picked him up in free agency. We didn't trade for him or anything like that, but and I, I think, think we – we can't really. I mean, if we're looking at if we're looking at offensive play, line play this week, the only real bad play I think I saw from because we've been trying to hone in on Austin Blythe because he's kind of been interior. <laughs> it's weird that interior line is our point of concern because we're putting two rookies out on <laughs> how to tackle. But I think Austin Blythe didn't necessarily have a bad game. I think there was the, I think the safety that you were thinking about with Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. I think he just whiffed on. I think he whipped on a block. And it was one of the O line did. I forgot who it was, it was either the it was either Haynes or Blythe. Like one of their blocks, it was a zone. It was a zone block. And yeah, and I think they just completely whiffed, and he came in through untouched, and that's what that's what uh, caused that sack. But overall, I don't think. I mean, how many? I think Gina only got sacked maybe two or three times. You know, that's yeah. we'll take that. You know, we're gone are the days where our quarterback would take six sacks. Um, Russell Wilson is still racking up the sack count, you know, even, even, even while he's on the sideline, <laughs> even while he's on the sideline. Yeah. Um, what was it? Oh, so like fun, fun fact about those tough um, is this the sacks. It's really fun because it has to actually do with sacks, but on the chargers, we oh. sacked Justin Herbert three times and that's the best out of every team that's faced them so far this season. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that was a crazy thing too, is that Justin Herbert is able to throw so many times. Austin Eckler is able to get out of the backfield because I think they had a relatively healthy offensive line. Yeah, and um, they just got the better of them. Yeah, I think mostly. Yeah, their their old line is is good. Um, and among other things, but I mean, hey, at the very least, like I know the game ended up being thirty seven twenty three, but we held Justin Herbert to his lowest QBR rating of twenty six point eight. Yeah, we'll his take lowest that of the day. year and his lowest in the, his last sixteen games. I want you to think about that. The 16. last sixteen games—that means yeah. even last season. Yeah, and if you're thinking about like um, back, I think his yeah, because last season he was slinging it like crazy. Like they just basically unleashed him, and he was able to he was able to just paint the ball across the field because he was. I mean, uh, normally he. I mean, he's averaging like something crazy, like over forty throws a game for a lot of these games, and that, especially in that sixteen game period, I imagine. Oh yeah, man. And then um, other than that, like we got some. Now you're gonna have you want some fun facts about our offense? Some oh, good tell stats. Me, on tell there. me more fun facts. That was a fun, yeah. fun fact that you told me. Yeah. So uh, the Seahawks are fourth in the NFL in third down efficiency at forty five point six percent conversions. Okay. Um, which I mean, I, I'm still yeah, yeah, like the last two three years before all this, where we would be like we'd be like twenty percent, right? 
Uh, another one was uh, the Seahawks are the highest scoring team in the NFL over the last five weeks of the season. And yes, even with KC scoring 44 points in their game. Yeah, and they scored, I think, like 30-plus in the game last week, too, I think. Yes, they did. And uh, the final two I have here are um, the Seahawks are tied for second in the NFL in yards per play at 6.3, same as Kansas City Chiefs. So, like, in terms of, like, it's really weird when you really think about, like, how our offense is literally, like, tied with the Kansas City Chiefs offense in terms of yards per play. Um, Buffalo, and then, of course, who, who, who are we behind? Buffalo at number one with 6.6. Who, who would have thunk? Who would have thunk it, right? Yeah. God, uh, I just love the way that Pete said that in that post-game interview. Who would have thunk I fucking it, thunk? It really, it, it, <laughs> it really felt like he wanted to say more, but like, you know, it I, I really just love like the class in that because yeah. uh, oh shoot. You did you definitely reminded me because there was a call in that game we're gonna get into after this last fun fact. Oh yeah, I was gonna is, I was gonna I was gonna ease you into it. I know what you're talking no, about. No, don't ease me. No, I, I remember okay, you're, you're gonna come out hot. <laughs> I'm tight. But uh, the Seahawks, <laughs> the Seahawks are fifth in the NFL in scoring, second in the NFC overall. Um, and they're averaging twenty six point one points per game. Which is which, way more than last year, I think. That's way more than we had in the past like what, two, three years combined with not combined, but like the last we, two or three years with Russ. Yeah, we don't we don't score over thirty points a lot. Like I think that was the big thing. Because we Russ, we, it's because of the Russell Wilson offense, man. Like while he was here in the at Seattle, it really was um yeah, you get some you run the ball, but he was really good off the play action, the deep ball, and he never throws in the middle. Um, he throws towards the sidelines, or obviously, I, I don't really include the deep end of the field as like your oh he threw in the middle over there in the deep side. I'm like yeah, but like intermediary and short, he doesn't do that. Yeah. So a lot of times we were either getting off the field or like we would make these touchdowns, but it's like in those close games that are like seventeen to fourteen and you know twenty one to something. But like now we're just kind of like scoring, just constantly scoring, constantly moving the ball. Again, I know Canal over there is. You're just very happy with our offense right now. How many? How many? How many years have have the has the narr- the lazy narrative painted around our team been? Oh, the, the the Seahawks always need Russell Wilson to bail them out in the fourth quarter. Who who dug us that ditch to begin with? That's what it um, always boils down to, right? Well, you remember that third, one season? The heart we were the heart attack the the heart like the heart attack team or whatever it's called. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. But um, like basically every game we were always like. Uh, Russ and his game-winning drives, you know, da 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 da. Yeah, you know that's the that's the prime time Russ. You know, like it happened in prime time too when everyone would see him. Like it, it, it would just it would it built up this narrative around or not this narrative, but this reputation around Russ, right? And that's what and that's how Broncos ended up getting fleeced, right? Because you watch Russ and you watch you watch these prime time games that the Seahawks played. You know, Russ balls out in the fourth corner, bails him out. You know. That, Everybody in the neck the following morning is like, Seahawks offense, they're they're uh, they're stuck in their old ways trying to run the football. But guess what? We're running the football is getting sexy again. So right, like we're running it. Like I said, there's a difference in like just forcing the run and like it doesn't work, or like running efficiently alongside. Like basically, we have a balanced offense now, we, which is really great. We wasted Pete Carroll's prime. <laughs> oh, we wasted. Pete, wouldn't you? I don't even know. Did Pete Carroll waste his own prime, or did we waste Pete? I want no. Carole I want to know prime. how many offensive or how many of the offensive coordinators that we fired because uh, we've had two right since Daryl Bevel. We, was it Daryl really three? Up. How many? Yeah, we didn't have that many. Like, oh, it was just, I think it was just Daryl Bevel and um, uh, not Shanahan. What's his name? His dad. So there was, was someone coach. before oh, uh, Shane Waldron. Yeah, there was. He, his dad was a coach too. It was like Brian. Um, 
Uh, I'll remember it in a bit. But, you know, a lot of running is getting sexy again. We spent a second round pick on a running back and we hit a home run. Niners, how much draft talent has draft capital have the Niners spent trying to trying to get their running back? Uh, we'll get to that because they, they I feel like they spent basically like, you know, they, they took out the treasure chest saying like CMC, this is all we need to get to Super Bowl. Because that's basically what they were saying is like, this is it. This is our final piece that we need or something like that, even though they're their offense rotates their running backs and stuff like that, especially using Debo Samuel in the backfield. So. Yeah. Running the football is sexy. Eagles are undefeated doing it. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, Kyle Shanahan brought it back. Sean McVay brought it back. I think Kenton Stefanski brought it back with a Kareem Hunt, Nick, uh, Nick Chubb backfield. Um, Minnesota brought it back with Vikings. Pete Carroll's been trying to do it for years, but you know, he's just not been able to do it because early the early years in Seahawks, we had a good running game, especially yeah, Marshawn. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. It was just after that we've been trying to find the next running back, and then of course, like you said, we had the terrible field. Um, I'm not sure. Did our I'm not sure if our running backs got injured on our field or was it? No, there was there was some that got injured on our field, but some of them were other fields too. Regardless, yeah. we had injuries in the running back room ever since. I mean, we, it, we talked about stable. it. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, right? We started once we once we got in that position, we started making moves to put weapons around Russ instead of fortifications around Russ. Like we yeah. traded away Max Unger for Jimmy Graham, a guy that can't run routes that that runs routes that Russ can't throw. You know those those intermediate passes at least that first year he had like nine touchdowns but like because he was just like such and then a he, he, I think he, he ruptured his patellar tendon too i think that's the uh that's yeah we the, have him for like two or three years and then we let he we either let him go in free agency or we definitely didn't train him off but no one wanted him yeah at, at the end of that yeah oh, that's a pro- green bay he went to green bay for like a season or two or bears or bear oh it was bears it was bears i, think I don't both. know what happened he yeah. just silently just said yeah i'm out peace <laughs> yeah before we forget you know, we were talking about Austin Blythe. False start on the center. Break it down for me. How does that happen? Oh, okay. Hold up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get a drink of water. <laughs> All right, everyone. You're going to have to hear, like, this uh, nice little... Um... We weathered through a Gundam tutorial from you. He's getting a sip of water, which is why I'm speaking. But with that, he's taking a big gulp, and I'm going to hand the mic back to you, Adam. All righty. All righty. So, um, where to begin? Okay. For everyone that knows how football is played, the center snaps the ball. You never see at any point in time a center take a step first or anything like that or even twitch his body. You're literally told as a center, you snap the ball first. Honestly, it's a skill in itself in snapping the ball. And then whoever is like over your nose, then you're going to block, whether it's a run block or a pass block. That takes talent. And I don't want, you know, I will put that out there for all the all the centers out there because I played center myself. That takes talent. Snapping a ball perfectly to your um your quarterback instead of like going way above or on the ground and stuff like that. Now tell me how a false start can be on the center when he snaps the ball on people that were obviously uh, offsides on the Chargers side, and then the the refs were just like flag flag. Yep, false start on the center right there. And I'm just sitting here like bro, I was I was furious. How? Where? You saw the center. You saw Austin was basically just like. How did I get? How did I get a false start? I snapped the ball. That's that's my job. I snapped the ball. You can even see it on the screen. He snaps the ball. That's one thing. Freaking pissed about that. Then of course Gino was pissed about it. Um, this was my favorite people, moment of the game. Yeah, people. Other people were pissed about it. So it it got to the sideline with that same ref. It was it was the Pete Carroll, Gino Smith, and the ref. 
Gino was, was heated. Off on the, he was going off we on can, that. We, he was facing away from the camera, but I could imagine he was saying a lot of assertive things. You can't cuss at the ref. It'll instantly be a flag. A flag. But you can, yeah. you, can, you can say it with some emphasis, right? Yeah, I, I think he was being very emphatic with what he was trying to say. Right. And it just ended up with... Um, him getting like he was really really he tight was, like even he was heated so bad that Pete Carroll literally did like the whole movement with like so if you see it because it was actually a good like clip. This is um, this is where, coaching one on one. Yeah, it was yeah coaching one on one as well as just like knowing your players. He just went like hey he's like Gino you you, you can hear him say Gino Gino and he just like he, you see him put his hand like over his stomach like and go in a downward motion. Inner like, hey yeah inner piece. Uh, however you want to read, like, hey, inner peace, let's, hey, bring it all back in, and let's get out there, because it was a third and ten. <laughs> because of that stupid ten. call. Yeah, I think we had other penalties or something like that before that pushed us from, like, a second and five or a third and five to, like, basically we're third and long at this point. Yeah. And then Geno Smith, being the man himself, the MVG, if you will, goes out there and throws a first down. And that man was so excited, and, like, all the players around him were just like, that's what I'm talking about. Because even Geno... <laughs> I know he looked at that ref and said whatever he said after he threw that first down. Because that, if that ain't a, um, he threw like, a you know, we all talk bullet. about obstacles. Yeah, he threw a bullet and, like, you know. The camera guy couldn't even keep up. He thought it was a deep ball. That's how aggressive that bullet pass was. And who, yeah. who and our guy Tyler Lockett was on the receiving end. And yeah, he brought Tyler that Lockett. down. And, Ty, and Gino immediately looked at that ref and he was like, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, basically, thank you very much. And, like, he, it was, I almost I thought about like Kirk Cousins. You like that? You, you like that? that? You like that? <laughs> God. So it was really like good that like in the like when you're facing an obstacle and I, I forgot what's the other term. Oh my gosh, it's like usually the terms like you're facing um not obstacles like another word they use for obstacle like uh I forget either way when you have obstacles in front of you in life how do you like respond to it how do you um overcome yeah, adversity yeah there you go. <laughs> adversity that was adversity right there like i hope they actually talked to the whole team and gino of course like hey that was a really great job you didn't cause yourself to get a flag and go even further back or anything like that because that could have happened and then went out there on a third and ten when all seemed lost like i bet you if they if they didn't convert that i feel like the momentum would have went back to the charges in that moment but first down i think we went to score on that same drive um if i remember correctly uh, i think we actually we, we might have i think we i think we came Ooh. away with a field goal yeah, it was a pivotal moment opinion. in the game, though. But I can't. I watch uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. Is it's always sunny in Philadelphia, right? And there is there's like this scene where um, Dennis is talking to Mac, and Ma- Dennis goes, "I want to have feelings again. You remember feelings?" Mac goes, <laughs> "Yeah, I have feelings every damn day. What are you talking about? That's how I feel. How I felt watching that moment because I was everybody watching at home. Every Seahawks fan in the stands was." was Geno Smith in that moment. Everybody was looking at that ref, like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Like, that is an absolute bogus call. Mm-hmm. And as, as, as a fan of any sport, it, like, sports are inherently a, a passion, you know, like, the passion drives sports, you know, whether it's for your team, for your city, for your, for your hometown heroes. It's passion drives sports. To see a quarterback out there, you know, the leader of your offense, Showing the same passion that you're showing on the side of the field, or you know, from from your home, from your from the stands, mm-hmm. that's that's a refreshing moment. When Pete Carroll Pete Carroll motioned to him, you know, like inner peace, Pete was talking to all of us because we were all life's not fair. You know, you have to overcome adversity. Pete oh was talking gosh. to all of us in that moment. I really felt like it. 
You know what? I'm in agreement with you, man. In that moment, it really was like it was like life captured in like 10 seconds, like something something very unfair, like, you know, is unfair, like literally it's wrong. But like life, no one's no one's calling it out. It's still going through. And you just, hey, like, hey, bring it in. Stay focused on what you what you were meant to do and meant to be. And then, boom, you know, be successful. But man. Oh, man, I was just tight that whole time. I'm just glad we at least came with some points on the drive. And um, I think that was a drive yeah. right before Kenneth Walker broke it off and then, you know, basically sealed the deal. I think, the game. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that drive ended with us going up 30 to 16, if I recall correctly. And then when we got the ball back, uh, Kenneth, Kenneth had a 74 yard run. I thought that the last touchdown we got was the one with Kenneth Walker to make it 37-23. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. So it was on that drive, I think the score was 27-16. to We came away with a field goal. And then the very next drive is where Kenneth Walker came in with that uh, big touchdown. Giants up up next. What Um, What are our thoughts? My thoughts on this game. So, like, the plan I would say the Seahawks need to do is you need to tighten up the defense even more than you have before because we had – I'm going to, like – compare this upcoming game to the game we had with the Titans last season, where if you do not stop their running back, if you don't stop their run game at all, it's going to be a long game and we're, we're definitely going to lose that. I mean, that's like a common, like if you can't stop the run, it's going to be, a, <laughs> it's going to be a quick game. That's one thing Two, you're going to lose. So stop the run. They have Saquon Barkley. He is on fire. He's like back. He's like comeback player of the year conversation, comeback, play, comeback player of the year um offense you got to keep scoring a lot of things that i've seen happen with these giants and how they got their wins was due to like their defense which they have a solid defense too um was keeping was basically keeping them in the game don't keep the giants in the game like if it's like some uh 17 to 14 type stuff and you think we can hold them, don't do it you're gonna you're gonna regret that so we got to keep scoring every time we get the ball we have to score touchdowns not field goals but if you don't score, I, I will at least want something, but keep scoring, stop the run, and, ma- and let Daniel Jones like rely on his arm, which he reminds me right now with the success he's having, he's reminding me of the Titans with Ryan Tannehill as of this time. Like you have Ryan a good Tannehill run game. and Kirk Cousins are like two examples that came to my mind too. Right. I think that, I think you? one of the th- I think one of the things is that like for our I uh I think the commentators even noted it too during our game that the Seahawks have like have issues in the red zone coming away with touchdowns. They come away with more field goals than touchdowns. That needs to change for this game because if it if it comes down to it, you know you don't want it to be a close scoring game like we did. But mm. playing the Giants, I think it's it's really like playing yourself. Like a lot of what the success behind the Giants is is they're not forcing Danny Dimes to throw and make decisions on the fly. Right. A lot of the situation they're playing really good situational football, and that starts with beating Saquon Barkley. And they're running a 13, they're basically running 13 personnel. Um, we do the same thing. That's that's where Kenneth Walker had his big touchdown. Mm-hmm. He, um, we had three tight ends out there, you know, with five offensive linemen. Giants run, you know, they put a sixth offensive lineman and two tight ends out, but they run the same kind of thing. And I think they call it their power package. And, you know, that's basically, um, you know, you put it, it's like you, you put all your linemen on the side of the field, you, you run whatever blocking scheme you want, and then Saquon hits the, the it hits the gaps, the, the, the gaps that open. Yeah, so. I mean, it's just a thing of like, what do we do when we start facing those winning playoff teams? You know, I'm not saying every team that we faced wasn't some form of a playoff team or whatever. I think like the, the closest one I can think of is like maybe like the 49ers game that we, you know, we had and we, and we lost to that one. But like, regardless, 
this is like you're starting to see this is one of those playoff teams. I already know the Giants are going to go to the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe like unless, you know, knock on wood, Saquon Barkley goes down or something. But uh, Giants is one of those like playoff, like, you know, like for a fact, that's a playoff team. That, they're even in my like predictions for the playoffs. So yeah. we're going to see how we respond. Hopefully Clint Hurt has a like a game plan for the Giants. Um, I believe that game is uh, when like the 325 slot games. Yeah, I think it's an afternoon slot. Oh, and I bet you they're not going to put it on TV in my area, at least. I know for yeah. you, you'll be good because they're at Seahawks. So, yeah. For, well, if it's New York, they might try to put it on TV. They always put the other 325 game on, but not ours. <laughs> Just past <laughs> that's week, that's a struggle. Um, oh, man. I think for us, you know, like, we're just going to, like, we expect solid play out of our tight ends at this point. We're spoiled for talent there. Uh, even, like, Colby Parkinson, who hasn't actually had a healthy season. I think he was drafted last year, and he's just been hurt for most of the time. He's having a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. He's having a good season so far. The the, the line just needs to hold up. Um, you know, we can't, we can't get into those situations where we have holdings and that kind of thing because those negative plays really can derail your drives. So Kayvon Thibodeau is out is is uh, healthy too for the Giants. So we got to definitely uh, watch out for him too. Yeah, one thing actually we forgot to note from the San Diego game is that Khalil Mack was only held to like three pressures or something like that, wasn't he? And like I think that was a stat that was there. There was he, some it, it was like his work. it was his least effective game as a as a, uh, a Charger as a Charger. I think is what they were I saying. I think yeah, like I, mean, I know Khalil Mack. As of late in his career, even on when he was on the his later seasons and on the Bears, there was times when he would somewhat disappear, but he would still come and make those plays. Like he had a play or two in this game with us, but at least we uh we just kept it down to like you know maybe like you said three pressures and all that. So if we can at least do that to their star players on the defense, I think we'll be in good hands. Yeah, it just you know win those one on one battles. I think that, and you know, if you're you're running, if we're running our equivalent of the power package to the to its most effectiveness, it'll be an it'll be a good game. It'll be a good modern game. We're running the football is sexy again. That is definitely like just like this one. This I I really do feel like this Seahawks Chargers game was like a game of the week. I do think the Giants and Seahawks like those are two teams you did not expect to be where they are, especially yeah. the Giants. Fun fact: my turn to give fun facts. There's one game played in next week where both teams have a winning record. And I bet you know what the answer is. Say it with me, Seahawks, Seahawks and Giants. Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it's our boys. It's not It's not the Bills. Or it's not the Chiefs playing. We're the only ones that are we're, – we're playing a winning team, so ours is the matchup of the week, right? Mm-hmm. And so well, there were some people are saying, "Hey, push it to push it to prime time, won't you?" And then some people are like, "Hey, don't do that to DJ like that, <laughs> to Danny, to Danny Dimes. Don't oh, do that to Danny Dimes. Yeah. We don't want to put too much attention on him." He, in that aspect, he is so much like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, but again, like if we can make it to where he relies on his arm, we'll we'll get those mistakes. They have made it to where like we know what Danny Jones, what Danny jo- or who Daniel Jones is. We know how to work with him. Finally, after on his this is contract year too, mind you. Mm-hmm. So uh, they definitely know what they have uh, with this new coaching staff. So let's see what happens. Brian Dobble, Brian Dobble is getting a reputation as being a cool dude, too. He's like uh, him and Mike Vrabel. Brian Dobble's out there smoking victory cigars. Mike Vrabel's out there chugging beers. They're, it's just an every man's league. This is like one of those years where the where the where everybody is just kind of like at the same level, right? Like we were looking at it. I don't know the exact number of teams uh, with, you know, we're, we're seven weeks in. We have a sample size. There are so many teams that are at 500 or below, at least over half the league, I would say, 
I'd say almost as two thirds of the league are at 500 or below, which is kind right. of wild when you think about it. Like for instance, like you know, Bengals are four and three. We're four and three. You know, like we're not that far off. And we're in the playoff like picture, five, right? The five win teams, or I think the only, obviously, the only team that we're far off from is the Eagles, since they had a bye week. Yeah, and so, I mean, looking forward to it. Prime time, or it is our prime time game. Um, I'm sure everybody that has red zone is going to be tuning into. Uh, with that, should we go around the league? I will say real quick, uh, we will go on the round, around the league. Real quick, though, we are third in the NFC as of right now underneath uh, the Eagles and the Vikings. And, Dana, that can change very very quickly. Too. Just, hey, as of right now, if we went to the playoffs, we have a playoff spot. Is the, all diff- the difference between that is the is two wins. And, you know, it's still early on in the season, so we'll see what happens. Plus, the Rams are in the playoff picture, too, and they're like three and four or something like that, right, mm-hmm. in the wild card. So anybody can go. And that's why I don't want us to uh, I don't want us to settle and just already be thinking about uh, next year's draft and stuff like that. Like this is one of those situations where like anything can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with that, let's go around the league. Speaking of anything can happen, Tua made his return this week. I don't th- I don't think I w- I, don't, I wasn't expecting that. Like I I thought he was off the I thought he was going to be off for a little while. Well, on concussion protocol, he was um, concussion pro- protocol. He was cleared. But, like, you know, people thought, like, okay, maybe at least another week. Nope. Uh, he came back in for this one, and I only have two words. Please slide. God damn it. That was the second drive of the game, too, I think, right? It was, Please like, slide. very – it was very – like, they just they just put out – the NFL put out a propaganda piece where they were they – were, it was, like, they were interviewing Tua. Tua's like, yeah, I just got to get, get better about getting the ball out quicker, taking not taking sacks as much, you know, sliding. And then, like, cue Tua, head first diving into Pittsburgh – you know, defensive oh, player. Man. The Iron Curtain. But, I mean, it's it's just um, – all I got to say is this. Like, Tua, protect yourself. Um, slide. Like, a lot of people, even the Manning brothers, were just like, yeah, please slide. Please. Like, they were literally it's not worth it, slide. Man. Please slide. It, it really isn't in the grand scheme of things. Like, um, especially – it depends on the situation. It depends on the um, – like, it depends on the situation, depends on, like, circumstances and all that. But more, like, nine times out of ten, please slide. And you know that game ended up having like that the way that game started off, it had the potential of just being a Dolphins blowout, but it kind of kind of mellowed out after that, right? Like the final score yeah. with that one was sixteen to ten or something like that. And they still got it, but um, again, all I cared about in that game was like Tua, please don't, please, just please slide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that the Dolphins have a reason for having Tua in there. If it was if it was my way, I'd try to be feeling Teddy both, a little bit more because both Tua and uh, Justin Fields need to know how to like, I, I, like they both have legs. Well, Justin Fields has more legs than Tua, but like, there's times where you should not be taking these hits. Is all yeah. I and you know, you, by extent, like the the prime example, I think would probably be Jalen Hurts. From the few games that I've seen from them, I don't think he's he's taking big hits or anything like that. But he's still a very mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. If if you're if you're Justin Fields and you're trying to model your game after someone, you, that'd be the guy to model it after. Um, we got but, injuries though. Injury yeah. week. Let's let's talk about injuries because there were a lot of them. Brees Hall, uh, offensive rookie of the year, you know, hopeful towards ACL. Hate to see it. Other yeah. guys, other guys, Elijah Vera Tucker for the Jets. Torres, mm-hmm. uh, he Torres that's their, left, that's their left tackle too. So he's starting left tackle. Well. J.C. Jackson, we talk about Mike Williams. We didn't talk about him during our matchup, but he had a high ankle sprain. He got rolled up on, or his, I think his foot got caught in the turf as he was getting tackled. It was one of those things, you know, turf monster foot come, comes back. Um, mm-hmm. Brandon Jones for the 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 Dolphins also. I mean, also had a has an injury. I think the Dolphins are in the market for. 
another safety now. Mm. Um, all, all, these are all long-term injuries and season-ending injuries. Like, what do you think? Um, it's just uh, it's just it, that's just like the game, man. That's the game. Injuries are gonna happen. You don't want it to happen to your best, but in, in Brees Hall, if you any if, if anyone out there was watching the Jets game. That man was going off. I mean, he had like he had some big runs. Like, if anything, I would say he's like the top. Like, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, the third, are both like in the top three in terms of like that rookie running class and uh, running back class. And that sucks. That really sucks. It's like we're not even halfway through the season and just like that injury. Like that's that hurts. And uh, they instantly responded with that Brees Hall. Uh, the Brees Hall injury with the trade for the uh, to the Jags for their running back Robinson. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Do you think this has the sucks. potential for derailing the uh, the Jets' early success, losing both Elijah Tucker and Brees Hall? Oh yeah, that's going to affect them a lot because I know they had that game plan. They had like when offensive coordinators are going out planning like the offense and stuff. They sometimes either plan it around a person, sometimes just like what they have. In this case, I know they had plays for Brees Hall. They wanted those plays where they can you know, toss him the ball into the side and he runs up the field for like a score or whatever have you. Um, and then of course you're, I think uh Vera Tucker was the rookie, ta- their rookie tackle they took too. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, just out, just out. So they're in the market for a, le- a tackle too, especially if they believe they're going to make a playoff run. So, and you it know, it's one of those, it's one of those years where anybody can, anybody can do it. Right. Some, but basically at the end of the day, someone's got to step up. Right. Uh, that's what we had to do with Jamal Adams. Ryan Neal stepped up. Who is in that um, Jets division? It's Patriots, Dolphins, and who's the fourth team? Uh, what the heck was it? It was a uh, not. Uh, oh my gosh, I know. I actually know it because I can just look at it right here. Um, yeah, Dolphins, Jets. It's not not Dolphins and Jets. It uh, AFC. Yeah, Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots. Patriots. Oh, all, four those, all four oh, yeah, of those. All four of those teams are like playoff caliber teams. Ain't that wild for that division? Because they got Bills in that division too, right? Well, Patriots are right now on the bubble if the season ended today. So because they got quarterback trouble at the Patriots right now. So. Yeah, that's, they don't know what they want. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they don't know if they want the Bailey Zappi show or they want the Mac Jones show. Yeah, I think it's just Mac Jones coming back and he was in his head. Yeah, yeah it was the rest. Much into his head. Like everyone else was saying he was in his head a lot. So he just needs to get back into like he was doing really good before his injury. So there was um, a, there was some footage I think someone caught of like or like lip red where he was on the sideline and Bailey Zappi came in and Mac Jones was like, I'm I, out. I'm out. Mm-hmm. He said, "He said, he said, I'm out. I don't, know, I don't know if that's gonna fly with with Uncle Bill. No, no, it's just no. That all, I, all he was saying, he was talking to a player, just saying, I'm out. Like that's it, I'm out. And that's what the 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 commenters picked up on. They're like, oh, yep, yep, they took. What him was out. the context yeah. around that though? Was it I'm out he as in it. like I'm not coming in, or I'm out like I'm going home? Yeah, he took me out. Oh, like he okay. took me out. Okay, so, yeah, like, that, that's out. a very different situation then. Yeah, yeah. So it, that's, it, that's it, when he got benched. That's when he got benched during the game, and they brought yeah. in Bailey Zapp, and everyone in the stands for Patriots, they all had." All of them had like signs saying "Bring out Zap" and da 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 da, and I was just like, "Man, it sucks when you come back from an injury and they want the backup instead." Yeah, you hate to see it because I, I mean, that's what happened with uh, Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady, right? Like, you know, that did happen. That's Drew how Bledsoe Tom Brady had got an injury. Start. Tom Brady came in, but it, no, we're not saying Mac Jones is Drew Bledsoe, but come on, man. I don't know because Mac Jones, well, Mac Jones and um, Bailey Zap are like they both look similar to each other. So I mean, are you really doing anything <laughs> what, different? What was the meme like? Bailey Zappi looks like the guy playing Mac Jones in the Netflix documentary about Alabama football. <laughs> Basically, and they really do look alike as if they're brothers and stuff. But I mean, I'm not saying like there's like you know anything between those two. But hey, as a rookie, at the end of the day, if you get opportunity, you get opportunity, go play because. Even if it doesn't work out in the first team you get to, some other team is going to like you so much they'll go and get you. 
Yeah, and you know Bailey Zappi came in and he threw two touchdowns, but then it kind of fizzled after that. It turned into the Bears show. Yeah, I didn't see the I didn't the, I didn't see the second half because I was uh yeah that's where that's where stuff. they really separated. That's terrible, man. Because that game went out of hand, and I thought I really thought like the Patriots were at least gonna like you know bring it down, but the Chicago Bears were like, you know what, we have and they were in Patriots, oh. they're at Patriots, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then like the I know the Bears were just like you know we have a team. Let's just play football and we will win. Football? Am I pronouncing that right? Is that what football? <laughs> football. But um, yeah. So Mac Jones is back, but he just he just has to get his head back in the game essentially. So yeah. I think it, it's going to take a bit, but he'll be okay. Daniel Bellinger and Evan Neal for the Giants are injured. You know, we we didn't touch on that, but those are two big name players. I think Evan Neal is a tackle right. Yeah, Evan Neal is the tackle they took before uh, we got uh, Charles Cross. So like it, it, it was uh, there was a lot of mock drafts saying like we would take Evan Neal or something like that. But basically, at the time when that draft went, we basically took the whatever tackle was left, not whatever yeah. tackle was left, mind you, but like whatever who was left out of that first batch of tackles to take. Right. So yeah. situationally, that's like you know if we look back on our draft, that's probably the ideal the, the ideal scenario, right? Where we didn't like we that weren't married to board. draft. We weren't married to drafting Evan Neal. He was just wh- whoever was left on the board. You know, we have our order. We're not going to go reach. Um, we didn't care about the who. Well, I'm not saying we don't care, but like we didn't like in the grand scheme of things, we didn't care which of those good tackles was there. We were all just like, "Hey, Seahawks, go get a tackle." Yeah, and you know, <laughs> fit him into a scheme. I think that I think what we've realized is that you know, a team that of full of players with that dog in them that want to be coached is you know better than having a team full of. Uh, you know, trending names. I think that's True. I think that's what it breaks down to. Matt Ryan benched for the rest of the season, but he has suffered a grade two shoulder strain. And that yeah. had nothing to do with him being benched because that man right there has I, I think I even seen um Pat McAfee was even talking about it on his show. Um and essentially it was just like Jim Ursay was just like, Oh, you know, you know we I like his Jim little voice. Ursay. You know we uh we seen enough. We we seen enough right now. Like you know, they said that last year. He's uh, Jim Mercy actually said that quote last year during the Jaguars game. How many uh, quarterbacks where, have they gone through? It's not been a fun time being a Colts fan. Eight ever. or nine quarterbacks in like the, the last six years. Peyton Manning or no, since uh, not Peyton Manning, but since oh, it's been like twelve um, since Peyton Manning. Twelve, but like, but since uh, what's his name? The one Andrew that, Luck. Uh, yeah, Andrew Luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like six. Yeah, yeah like, like Brian Hoyer, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Oh, There's wow. one yeah, more. Yeah. yeah, so but now Matt Ryan's out and Sam Sam Ellinger is the, <laughs> yeah, the Sam yeah, Ellinger. Ellinger. The Sam Ellinger so uh, Ellinger so uh, Hook'em horns. Hook'em <laughs> horns, right? I think they have something in Sam. Um I I watched him a little bit um at my grandparents' house when, when they would uh, put the game on and stuff. I think Sam Ellinger has a good chance to like at least get some experience under him. Let's see what he can do. At this because uh, actually let me I actually have the stats of um, Matt Ryan uh, before he got benched. He had a 68% completion percentage. He had about 2,008 yards uh, total. In he, he was throwing the ball a lot for a team with Jonathan Taylor, dude. I know, right? I mean, he was injured, granted, but, and, and Naeem Hines was injured, but he's also... Naeem Hines got injured on the pass play. Yeah. yeah well, Naeem Hines is a pass-catching back for the most part, but yeah. you, 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 have a t- you have a team with Jonathan Taylor, an individual that is very good at running the football. <laughs> the thing that, that probably... because Okay, so we did say he had the shoulder... Um, he had the grade two shoulder strain, but like that had nothing to do with it because he threw nine touchdowns and also nine interceptions. Can't win with that. 
can't win with that at all. Especially if you, like at that point, you're on track to maybe even beat, you know, uh, Jameis Winston's record, right? Where are they? Thirty thirty. Yeah, where are they in the playoff picture? Because is, is this them? Are they still in the hunt? Like, is this no, them not, throwing in the towel? Right now, they're on the bubble. They're on the bubble okay. right now, behind the Bengals at four and two. Or not? Yeah, four, so the Bengals three, three and one. There the we Bengals, go. Bengals, Bengals showed us who the Bengals were again this this week. And they're but, yeah, they're the AFC North. Uh, the Bengals are so. I mean, they, it's just a matter of like who comes out on top in each of the uh, each of the divisions, and then who's like picking up the wild card spots. Which they're doing we'll probably take that. We'll take note of that like after week eight for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll take we'll reevaluate that. Reevaluate that. I think the Colts are basically doing what we were doing at the beginning of the season, but doing it midseason, which was you know we'll put in the guys that we want put in, and you know we'll see what happens if it ends up being good, then we'll we'll take it. If it ends up being bad, we won't take it. You know, or you know we'll take it anyways. Because um, you know, first, the first time, fool me once. Second time, fool me twice. Third time, you can't, uh, can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. <laughs> so the third time, though, they're basically saying, um, "Let's actually just put." We did get a rookie quarterback uh, in the draft, so let's actually, you know, put him out there on the field. Because at this point, I guess Matt Ryan was showing Frank Wright, um, you know, wasn't he wasn't you know being a vet, like a good veteran QB for the team, which. It didn't. It doesn't help. You, you know. I don't think they didn't learn game. that from having Matt from Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Or well, that's a, that's what I'm saying. That's their yeah. two times. Was Carson? They they How tried. Long has Frank Reich been the coach there? It's probably been like four or five years, right? Four or five years. That's why he. I feel like at this point in time, especially like he's had a squad, he's had a team. They just need a quarterback. That's what they say every year, right? Yeah. But it, we keep putting quarterbacks in, but nothing's happening. You're gonna start looking at the head coach at that point. Yeah. So and he's on right the hot seat. Yeah, so definitely on the hot seat. But you know, right now teams are trying to shore up any any gaps that they have. You talked about James Robinson; they did that trade immediately after Brees Hall got hurt. The big one this week: CMC to the Niners. He went for a 2023 second, third, fourth, and a 2024 fifth. What are your thoughts on the trade? Um, all of those picks. Wait, I think they traded the second. Yeah, yeah. All those picks, which I think equates to a um which equates to a um I think it was a fourth overall. I thought it was like a low oh someone said a low I think someone from uh the 49ers said it was like a low first round but then someone else did calculations like oh that draft capital equals out to like a top 10 first like a first round pick. Yeah. Which I mean I'm not look I I'm not trying to devalue running backs if you think this running back is going to like help your season and stuff like that so be it but um is that you, what the Niners needed? I mean, I'm not sure what else they could do because, like, you have who you have on defense unless, like, some no team out there is about to give up, like, a star player unless uh, you're the Panthers right now. So, because I know that – and I this is, like, one of those big – because we're getting close to the trade deadline, which we'll, we'll talk about that, like, right after this. But you're going to start seeing those big trades happen, like, this week and right before the end next week, right? So, you know, at the end of the day – if they think they can win with CMC, go right ahead. It's just that um, you're giving up a you're giving up a lot of time. Like, if you're giving up a second, third, and a fourth with this upcoming draft, that means you're saying we have a squad already. Like, we don't need to reload yeah. or anything like that. So for, okay. con- for for context, I think I think the the Niners only have um, two third round picks, which they got from uh, as comp- uh, compensation picks for the Robert Sala and execs yes. that moved over to the Dolphins and the uh, and the. Uh, um, Jets, Mike McDaniel as well. Yeah, um, and if no one doesn't understands why though, like they got those, is because of the Rooney Rule, 
so when you have like a minority coach, uh, if you have a minority coach leave or get hired and stuff like that, you get a lot of compensation picks, which it's weird that we don't really track it as often. Cause like, if you look at all the picks people have with the conditionals and stuff too, it's like more picks than you would have thought, but yeah, that's, that's why they could afford it. But at the same time, um, another fun fact with that is since 2020, the 49ers have used a third to draft a running back in 2021, a sixth in 2021 as well to draft a running back. So that's two in one season. I think that was Trey Sermon that year, right? Uh, I think so. Yes. And then they use a third, they used another third to draft a running back in the 2022 draft. And then they traded all these other picks for a running back. And yes. we only spent one pick on Kenneth Walker. <laughs> yeah, that's just, we'll, we'll take that. Um, it's, they know that they, they know the identity they want to run. Let's not, let's not dispute the fact that the um, Niners have had a lot of successful running backs in their running back room. They, they're the first one, one of the first ones to do that really full committee. They turned I mean, a receiver into a running back. What are you talking about? Yeah, Debo. But Tevin Coleman, Raheem Moster, Matt Breda, you know, mm-hmm. Trey Sermon. You've had a lot of names come through that running back room, and they've all had varying levels of success. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's office, offense is like, you know, screw it. Whoever's in the room, I'm putting you out there because they know the kind of football they want to run. Yeah. For the amount of capital that they put in, I think they probably should have shored up their offensive line. I mean, they already have the all-pro Trent Williams. I mean, they probably won't say that they need any help help anywhere else on the offensive line. But you got a guy named Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, and Jimmy Garoppolo, if you put him in any sort of pressure type of situation, he's shown his, he's shown that he he can struggle, right? Well, they, yeah, they basically know. Well, of course, you know, because Trey Lance went down. Of course, I don't know how the team would look with Trey oh, Lance at the yeah. helm. Yeah, right? let's not forget. Let's not forget, the Niners spent three. They they traded three first round picks for to I think to Miami so that they could draft Trey Lance, and What's, I think what three. Yeah, they swapped first rounds. That's why they didn't, because Trey Lance is a third year player, I think. Oh, so they okay, so they, they swapped first. They swapped round. the okay. first year, and then they got the twenty twenty two, and that's the reason why they didn't trade a first round pick for CMC because they don't have one because they traded it away to. Um, wow. I think wow. they traded it to Miami. Yeah, so like all, almost all the teams. Actually, I'm trying to think of where the Car- the Cardinals have like the second best in the, now in the division. Cardinals will be right behind us with like their draft picks, but they are missing, I think, a couple picks just through trades and stuff like that too. I believe. Yeah, we're looking I think, it up. But... I wonder if the DeAndre. No, I think DeAndre Hopkins has paid off now. Yeah. So yeah, in, in the grand scheme of things, they have CMC. He did kind of get out there a little bit, but um, of course, he literally just flew in that Friday. So um, now that they have like time for like the practice in the week and stuff like that with CMC being back in now you could, if anything, you can have CMC out as a receiving back and you can have like another running back or even two running backs in the backfield. They'll they'll probably do the diamond type of situation we were talking about before, right? Maybe not the diamond, but more so like, you know, putting um, like actually, well, I'm not saying they they wouldn't have the diamond. You're right. They may have the diamond or they at least have like the heavy running back with like two running backs on the side and then move one out for, um, uh, move him out as a reception. So, like, basically, you have to watch CMC. They they probably have Debo Samuel in the backfield or something like that. Or yeah. Debo Samuel can just like motion in. And like, I can already imagine like uh, Kyle Shanahan being like, "Man, I can do all of these offenses and stuff like that," He's which does not include Garoppolo. Yeah, and that, maybe that's what they were going for—is not trying to make Garoppolo better, just use Garoppolo less. And you know, that that's the uh, the mold that. He probably fits in best. He can't be a game manager. Garoppolo's not a hero. You've seen him in the you've seen him in the Super Bowl when he had to make a like when he had to um, bring him to a win. He can't bring him to a win. They know that now. Yeah. So it, it, everybody has it. their lane, right? Stay in your yeah. lane. 
I mean, I think yeah. that's why Gino is having a lot of success with us now is that he found his lane. It took him a long time, but the hero's welcome. Going, basically. But Gino Smith is throwing some deep balls too. It's not like he's just, I, at first I was, I will, I will say this right now. I have been saying he's been like the best game manager ever, but like right now, Gino's, Gino's in his own. He's feeling it. Yeah, he's feeling it. And he ain't calling back either. <laughs> or he ain't writing back. <laughs> he ain't writing. I ain't writing back, though. <laughs> All right. Listen, what about some other trades that uh, you think could happen? We already talked about James Rod- Robinson. Name uh-huh. that I've been hearing, Jerry Judy. What do you think? I don't know. So in my only opinion opinion on that is they, the, uh, the Broncos, or the Browns, the Broncos literally just traded like a hall of picks and players to the Seahawks to get Thank Russell you. Wilson. Thank you for that, thank by you, the way. Thank, thank you, thank you, Broncos. Keep thank on you, losing. Walmart. We love you, Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and what's good is that their pick, like right now, uh, it's estimated that like we'll have the number four overall pick if they keep going the way they're going right now with the season. And then there's another stat or a team to cheer for if the Chicago Bears keep winning. It's also good. <laughs> it's also going to make the it's, it'll make that pick even better, right? So um, I, I don't see them. I don't see why they would give Jerry Judy like, right. They just lost Tim Patrick for the season. I don't know why you would give up Jerry Judy and then say, okay, Russ, you're going to have like some new receivers out there. Go make it work when it's their offense is literally like 31st or 32nd in the whole league. I, I can see this happening. I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll tell you why. What's um, I think, I think they're coming terms with the fact that they fucked up. <laughs> I think that's what they're coming to terms with. Uh, they have no picks. They have no early round picks for next season. I think they're putting him on the block just to see what people are offering. If, I mean, if people mm-hmm. offer for like you know, offer like a fifth round pick for Jerry Judy, then you know I I don't know if they'll take it. But you know if they offer like a second round, you know to a team that is desperately in need of a, a wide receiver, maybe like your Ravens type or your Packers type, right? Um, I can see that kind of thing happening. So you know just putting him on the block because I think he's up his, his he's in a contract year next year, so they're trying to avoid that situation and. But- why would you give a like Jerry Judy's really good? I mean, they got to figure something out with the offense. There's something with that offense that stinks that it you can't. You're because Brett Ripien came in there, and you know Brett Ripien had the opportunity of doing what Gino had to do with us, right? Like you know mm-hmm. to prove that it's not, or even Nathaniel Hackett. You know they had the he had the ability to, he had the opportunity to prove it's not me. It's 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 the quarterback, but like kind of like how Pete Carroll is doing right now. But they come and sh- score nine points. Same thing that they did the week before with Russ. Like, what, what what's going on here? Then the fingers gonna get pointed at the coach, right? Yeah, yeah. The coach, the coaching staff, man. I'm telling you, you have mm-hmm. a first year, you have a fresh new head coach. I'm, I'm not too sure about like the offensive coordinator or the passing game coordinator, but something ain't clicking over there. I don't know if Nathaniel Hack again. Don't know if Nathaniel Hackett if it's his offense. Is it the offensive coordinator's offense? Is it Russell Wilson saying this is what I want in my offense? But it doesn't look like that last one because. Russell Wilson's out, so it's not like they're just like a chicken with their head cut off. Yeah. Another name I'm hearing around, I don't really have too many thoughts on it, Cam Akers uh, from Rams. Oh, man, I that's think. an obvious one. They literally just said, like, yeah, we're trying to get him. Or he's on the trade block, basically. So yeah. whoever wants him, come get him kind of thing. And I, uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what team goes out and gets him. I think you can you, you can see a lot of teams out there with a shallow running back room. I don't think we'll be in the in the market for him. I don't think we're not trading anything at all. We, like, as, you can uh, tell. Yeah, especially yeah, because we don't want to give up any capital, and I think we got Homer coming back too this week, and that'll Mm -hmm. be kind of like that'll round out our running back room. Other, yeah, who's the fourth in that situation? Well, we Um, had four until Rashad Penny. Oh yeah, we'll have our three solid ones back up though. Yeah, you have your Homer, your home run hitter, your DJ Dallas, who's your pass catching, your Kenneth Walker, who's your bell cow. But other teams that are out there that might be in the in the 
in the market for running backs, I can see them, you know, throwing like a fourth or fifth round pick just to get. Unless I mean, unless the Panthers are going, well, I mean, the Panthers basically all Panthers players are up on the trade block at this point because yeah, they're last week Chuba Hubbard should be on the block. Like they might be trying to. Be able I to think get something. they're. I think they're going to keep him because he's cheap and he's uh, solid enough. Like, hey, stay here with us, but like. You know, you got DJ Moore still there. I think they have some of their defensive players, too, that they had, like, a lot of draft capital into. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyone, any of those big players from Panthers, they're up for they're up for a trade because I know they're just trying to get some more picks. Uh, let me swing back to the Denver Broncos real quick because you said they didn't have much draft capital. And, yeah, they only have two third rounds, one from the Colts and then their own. And then they have a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh. Yeah, and that's all they have. So and they just don't have a first and a second, obviously. So you're really we I have mean, their first and the second. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you thank you, Walmart. We got that rollback <laughs> discount. The uh, you know the, the thing is that the Broncos are fighting right now. Is they're fighting time. They're fighting you know the, the clock. You got Russell Wilson. He's starting to pick up some injuries. Like you know he played through them when he was with us. Maybe we we uh, sheltered him a little bit in terms of like our play selection. Maybe that's why we ran the ball a lot more. But there, I mean, he has a partial hamstring tear. I think they call it a grade two sprain as a partial tear. He Something was supposed like to go back in this last game, but they held him out just, just to be careful because they invested a lot of money into him. You don't want him out for the season. If he gets injured for the season at that point, like just throw the rest of the season away. And heaven forbid you put a halfway decent turf out there. But Right. Um, <laughs> I think they said that his shoulder, they, they haven't been reporting his shoulder injury, so maybe that's a non-issue now. Non-issue. I, even, I'm though they, they, even though they... I mean, we were talking about the NFL propaganda wheel and how, um, or the spin, you know, the spin cycle on the news, you know, right after Russ came out and had a stinker of a game, they say he went to LA to get a shot in his elbow and his shoulder from some torn labrum type of issue. But mm. now all of a sudden it's not on the, uh, the injury report, you know, hmm, right. Oh, I thought he had a procedure. They, they, I thought they said they had a procedure done for his shoulder that one time. He he could still play off of it. I remember that. Exactly. I thought it was just an injection type of thing, but maybe he did have a procedure. The procedure could have been an injection, a yeah. little whatever it is, right? So he had a procedure on it, and then ever since then, you like you said, there was no injury report on it. So my thing is, I don't know. Like I'm looking at that Jerry Judy thing, and I'm just like, I don't. I get it. You want to get picks. Like a, probably a first or a, I don't know if I don't know if you'll get a first, um, but like a you know first or a second at best, right? This upcoming first, but like who's gonna go? Oh, there are people that could say, yeah, I want Jerry Judy, but like I don't know, like Broncos, do you really want to give up one of your weapons at receiver at, at a uh, at a wide receiver that when you already lost one in the beginning of the season or before yeah. the season even started? Yeah, with Tim Patrick, right? Yeah, Cortland so Sutton would pretty much be the only Weird. guy. Um, I don't know what they have in the, the tight ends room. I don't, I don't know if they have uh, sufficient tight ends there. But it, it really boils down to the fact that we thought the AFC West was going to be the, the division, right? But it's pretty much just the Chiefs at this point. Oh, no, Denver does have a tight end. It was the di- the tight end that was behind um, Noah, Noah Fan, Fan Okuwame or something. Yeah, Okuwame. Or not Okuwame. It's, oh, man, I'm killing the name. Nope, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to look it up real quick, so I'm going to... Yeah, while you're doing that, I mean the AFC yeah, West. Ahead. The AFC West is kind of just boiled down to, like, the Chiefs are strong. We thought the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos were all going to be strong. Chiefs are strong. They proved mm-hmm. that this week. Bron- Chargers are middling. You know they're starting to get injuries riled up, and they're just not performing up to expectations so far. And Broncos are the Broncos. Raiders are also in the middle of the pack somewhere. So that division mm-hmm. kind of fizzled in terms of expectations. I'm actually kind of confused. He's not there. Um, I think they did they let him go or something because the the starting tight end is Greg uh, Dulcich. 
Oh yeah, Dulcich. He's he's a he 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 catches passes. What happened to that? What happened to other um? What happened to the other tight end? He was oh Albert uh Okwe uh Bunham Okwegbunam. I'm sorry if you're killing uh for messing up your name, man. But I thought he was on the Broncos unless he moved or something. That's weird. Yeah. While we're in the uh, market of trying to remember things, the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks that we were thinking of that I was trying to remember his name was uh, Brian Schottenheimer. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah shoddy. Uh, but, where is he at now? I, I'm not sure. He's with the. He's with another team. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, he when you're Mike when you're when you're Schottenheimer, you got a job somewhere. But um, yeah, he's still apparently he's still on the. I don't I don't know why ESPN doesn't have him on the. Um, on the thing here, but Brian Schottenheimer, we're talking about, or no, Albert, uh, Albert, uh, the, yeah, Okunome. but I'm gonna go with that. I'm, go, I'm going with his first name at least, uh, but Albert, Alberto. I think, <laughs> Alberto, Ayo. I, think he, I think he might also be a trade interest because he's not being used a lot. That could be that's a that's a good, um, yeah, his rate because his rate of usage has been decreasing. He only had. Let me. Oh, he only had thirty-three receptions for three hundred thirty yards and two two career touchdowns last season. I think he can be traded because they're not even using him that much right now. So he's like basically he's another player that you can um you can use in this case. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Other names yeah. that we were thinking around. I I wrote down this was before the chart the the Bears and Patriots game. I wrote down Robert Quinn or Roquan Smith. I. Mm-hmm. I mean, my motivation behind those two names, my thought mm-hmm. was that Bears were heading towards another middling season. Obviously, one game doesn't change the entire outlook of your season. It does set a tone, though. Um, if if push comes to shove, if another if, a, if enough draft capital is thrown, I could see a Robert Quinn or Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, I think he's probably playing as one of the best defensive players in the league right now. So a, a team trying to make a win-now move, could, I can see them trading a whole haul of picks for him. That's funny you say that because it wasn't the same Roquan Smith that was asking for a trade from the Bears. Roquan Smith is a player that we almost got if uh, we accepted that trade offer from. Uh, um, I don't know maybe it wasn't Roquan Smith. No, when the when the Bears offered us like three first round picks and a yeah, player. Yeah, I think Roquan Smith. I, I mean, they, I didn't see like the full like thing with it, but like I do remember they uh, they definitely said that. But I mean, man, if we had Roquan Smith, I know how we would use him. <laughs> He'd be, like yeah, he'd be an edge, right? I mean, well, he would be in that same role that Los is kind of filling for us. Or would you he, see him? Would you see him with his hand on the ground on the D line? No, he, he, so he I, plays linebacker. He does play. Yeah, he plays. He's a linebacker. I see him because um, it's funny because he was asking for a whole. That was it. Was so funny because he was really asking to be traded, and then after that, he started falling out and stuff. Because uh, I think he's on his last year in his contract, I think. But I, I think he would just basically replace um, your least favorite uh, linebacker, Cody Barton. Yep, he like Cody Barton. He would be starting over Cody Barton. You would just have Jordan Brooks and Roquan Smith. Yeah, as your be... two linebackers that are like off the line. Yeah, dude. So does Roquan usually play in the middle? Uh, yeah, he's a middle linebacker. Okay, and Robert Quinn is more of your edge because I think he plays both defensive end and he can play an outside linebacker. Yeah, four, he'd be four. like your edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, I, I can see one of those two being on the move, but you know now they won. Maybe they're like, oh, we're we're, we're we got we got potential. This is a uh, anything hear goes. Out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I know we don't have. I know we don't have like a um, we don't have a lot of cap space right now. But what if we traded for Roquan Smith? What would we offer? I think that I think the. Uh, I hope that, they're not going to ask a first for him. They're going to ask for a first. first. I mean, I know they're going to ask for a first, but he's not worth a first. I think we would. 
Trade, but trade market's kind of gotten blown out of proportion with all these blockbuster type of trades. I feel like a second and a third will work. We have the extras. Yeah, I can see us doing something like that. I mean, or just a second, uh, or just like the Broncos second, or maybe our second because the Broncos second will still be high. Cody Cody Barton ain't really doing it for us. I think like because he, he's Roquan a Smith. I think is like the perfect piece we can fit into our. I don't know if the if the Bears want to let him go now, but because mm-hmm. um, it was Roquan Smith that was asking for the trade, not the Bears. The Bears plus, like, plus he's a leader. You. He's a leader yeah. on that in that defense, so it, it, that goes. Are, two we guys, gonna, right? we can, are we going to pay both him and Jordan Book, uh, Brooks on our defense? Yeah, and then you know, who is on a two-year deal, so then you know he'll be up, and people will be like, "What do we want to do there?" and that kind of thing. That's the only trade I can see with the Seahawks, but right now I know the expectations. I'm not saying yeah they want to win and all that, but I know the expectation wasn't like Super Bowl after Russell Wilson left. Yeah, no, who would have thunk? Yeah, who would have thunk it? Right? We need to get that on a T-shirt because that's that's iconic. If 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 this season pans out, that's that's going on a T-shirt. Find it on, uh, find it on our uh, Shopify. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get heck, we we'll get, get that T-shirt work. We'll get that T-shirt out. Um, we'll get that going. Let's let's round off these last few, and then we'll we'll talk a little uh, bit more. The other two would be. I see you put Mac Jones. What you think on that one? I, I, I think they're going to ride the uh, the two quarterback train until the end of the season. I think they want to. I don't think they want to tie themselves to one of these guys. They until they figure out what what they have in their um, in their locker room. And you know Bailey Zappi's shown flashes, but Mac, we can't forget Mac Jones was a quarterback last year, and he, he was he was having a good year as well. What I thought they in, I thought they invested in Mac Jones a lot, you know. Yeah, I mean, they used a first round pick. They haven't used a first round pick on a quarterback. I mean, right now Mac Jones is going through like an adversity thing, right? Um, he you know he got he he got uh, he was out for like a week or two with a uh, high ankle sprain. And high ankle sprains are like some people just think, oh, it's just a typical no, ankle sprain. High no, ankle sprains worse. hurt and they're bad, and it takes we, like we saw it from weeks. his reaction. Like the typical, yeah, exactly. The typical timetable to come back from that is like two to five weeks, actually. Yeah, and he's he's back. You know, I think that happened. I mean, he's right on the timetable. Yes, yeah, uh, Stefania from the ESPN was saying that um, he was um, he didn't look right when he came back in this game. Like he wasn't like. He's out there, but he didn't look like himself. So I think it was just a matter of, um, it was just a matter of like his head getting his head in the game and stuff like that. So, yeah, and I think it was they didn't really give him the opportunity to throw to get the rust off before pulling the plug on it. But you know, the the, the ankle is very important in terms of the the the, uh, the dynamics of the throwing motion, right? And so you can't just throw off of one foot. So if he's not a hundred percent there, then you know that that's something. Uh, that isn't fully there yet, so I see them riding out both quarterbacks till the end of the season. Yeah, um, we'll we'll see about we'll see what happens with that one. You had Kareem Hunt down here. What are you? Yeah, I, I got I got Kareem Hunt because he's not being used as much. He's like more of a uh, he's more of a passing like the passing back out of the team, but they're not even using him like that. Basically, he's a he's a trade target, and mm-hmm. pretty much all your one two your one two running backs with um. All your one, two running backs, like those twos for the running backs, those are your ones that are going to be um, like your trade targets, basically. Yeah, and I can see that happening, too. Obviously, when you have a locker room with Nick Chubb in it, you know, they, well, I don't know what happened with Dearness Johnson. Um, I think maybe he's hurt for the rest of the season, but he showed flashes last year in terms of when he came in for the injured. I think he, I think both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were injured at one point. He came in and he showed he showed a lot of oh promise. shoot I forgot. Uh, I forgot I think he's still on there so I, I think, think he's he just didn't... injured or something I thought I don't even think he got on the I, thought, I don't even know he got on the field or anything like that but either way he's he's a solid running back too but like you can get him for cheap 
Yeah, and so yeah, I could see either him or Kareem Hunt going if they want to keep riding the Kareem Hunt train. Um, let's let's pivot a little bit. You know, we're at, almost at the halfway point. Where with the trade deadline, you'll also see a lot of coaches, you know, t- organizations moving on from coaches. Coaches on the hot seat. Give me your give me your, give me a few that you think are on the hot seat. Um, some that I thought myself was Cliff uh, McKingleberry, you know, um, <laughs> Klingle McKingleberry, you know, yeah, Cliff <laughs> McKingleberry, um, from the Cardinals, uh, Ron Rivera, and that was that was like my two. I don't, I can't really think of any more. I mean, I know we have like a list here. We have like you know Hackett, Matt Lafleur, Frank Wright. I think Frank Wright would be like an obvious one because. You had all these quarterbacks come in, and then boom, you know, it's still no success. I think I think Frank Reich gets roasted a lot too, because like he has a he has a no foul language practice or something like that. And I think it was Pat McAfee or someone that was like they were roasting him. They're like, "Hey, you shut your stinking mouth" or something like that. Something oh something funny gosh. like that. He's trying to bring back the you know I don't know the old you know back in my day football yeah. wasn't all cussing that practice and stuff. That's an emotional sport, you know. If you're fighting that, you're. Uh, you know, fighting uphill battle, but yeah, Frank Reich is one of the guys I wrote down because that that team isn't panning out as well as they thought. Granted, they're going with the Sam Ellinger train now, so I don't know if that means if they if they want to risk his development by having like turnover. But if you Frank, fire Frank Reich and promote his offensive coordinator, then you know you still have that continuity, so that wouldn't hurt uh, Sam Ellinger's development. Matt yeah. Lafleur is a name I put down as well because him and Aaron Rodgers they're not on the same page. We're talking about. We were talking earlier on about how running the football is getting sexy again. And I forgot to mention Matt Lafleur's name because they were running behind Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. You know, those were running back one and running back A. They were basically. Oh, AJ Dillon's another trade target because they haven't been using him either. Yeah, well, they haven't been using Aaron Jones either. What the hell are they? Oh, Aaron Aaron Jones had a pretty good game. He had a pretty good game this this past week. But it just seems like AJ Dillon is just he's supposed to be the passing back, and they're not using him. So, and AJ Dillon's a big running back too. So, add that to the list of names that could potentially like come up for trades. Yeah, and you know the Packers just gave uh, Aaron Rodgers and like like a, a tremendous amount of money. So you know they're obviously like, all right, we made we did that as like a win now move. But, you know, we're not winning. What's going mm-hmm. on here? So do they pull the plug on the season? I mean, they can't just cut Aaron Rodgers because that's, that's like – I saw someone was like saying like it was like $100 million of dead money on the cap. If they, <laughs> if they cut him or, you know, they want, they're hoping he retires or something like that. I don't know. Oh, that's right because just like um the coach like – Matt Rule because they still got to pay Matt Rule like $40 million for like what? Ain't no job no. as good as being a fired NFL coach, man. <laughs> right? And – um. I don't think we mentioned it, but with Matt Ryan, real quick on the Colts, um, they still like his his contract's guaranteed, so he's gonna make like eighty million over, I think forty million or twenty something million this season, and then like another twenty something million next season. Yeah, those are fully guaranteed, by the way. So like every game he's getting paid this right now mm-hmm. while being benched. Name I had down. Name I had down as well. Uh, this would be a shocker, but Nathaniel Hackett's been. Uh, there, there has been some rumblings. You know, it's if, why if is you're, that a shocker? Because <laughs> well, it's a first year coach. He's six years, six uh, games into the season. You forget about. Here's the thing, though. You have the Broncos fans who have been. They're Ooh. part of that. They're so Broncos and Colts are those team two teams that only need a quarterback and they're ready to go, right? So they Broncos are wasting to, like a top five defense this year. Right, that defense and is unreal. Broncos thought they had the answer after that big trade for Russell Wilson because at first they thought we were going to get uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? So now they got Russell Wilson, 
And after they got Russell Wilson, you know, um, and after they see how the offense has been panning out, I can see why they're saying, you know what? It can't be Russell Wilson. We have a new head coach, right? Fire Nathaniel Hackett. Do you That's think they? Do you think they? They you know there was a lot of drama around that during this offseason. Do you think they hired Nathaniel Hackett with the intention of signing Aaron Rodgers, and when that didn't pan out, they just went out for Russ? I mean, that would be more of like a um, conspiracy thought, but I'm not too sure. Nathaniel Hackett one. was, I think, his offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach at Green Bay. I, I mean, yeah, but then like you know, Aaron Rodgers basically then just said like, yeah, I'm gonna stay or whatever like that. It was weird on Aaron Rodgers' side, so I don't like Aaron Rodgers might still be on the move. Who you know, who knows? But Nathaniel Hackett, that's a good name choice, right? Like to put in the butt in into the hot seat. He's only like year one in. I don't know if they'll go so far as to be like. Unless like the seat like unless they just don't get any more wins than their two and five record right now. So if it goes like two and um what is it like uh fifteen, yeah. yeah, that will be something. How, That's a fire. how soon is it to su- how soon is it too soon to pull the plug on this experiment? I think you're I think you're right. I think so. The 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 um the de- the uh, target that I'm seeing is that you know if the team loses to uh, Jaguars in the London game, because then you know the the Broncos might move on from. From Nathaniel Hackett, right you're, then. And you're there. telling me this upcoming weekend, this is his, this is Nathaniel Hackett's his probably his last game. Make or break. Uh, Russell Wilson should be back. He's there practicing and all that, so he's he should be back in. Um, your Matt Lafleur pick is really interesting um, because I wonder if because of how Aaron Rodgers has been more vocal and stuff, they're going to really just be blaming Aaron Rodgers more than Matt Lafleur. If that yeah. makes sense. I just you know we 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 consume a lot of the. Uh, the media or you know the the commentary and the landscape and it seems like play calling itself has become an issue in terms of schema um like we were listening to our guy on the podcast he was saying the the, Bron- the the packers have seemed to inexplicably move away from running the ball which was which they do with a great deal of success because they have aaron jones and aj dillon in the backfield and right. you know, at the end of the day um is it if, i mean the only only time where you know, that could happen is if Matt LaFleur is calling run plays on the sideline and Aaron Rodgers is audibly out. So, you know, that's an internal discussion. You know, no one really knows. We're not mic'd in with them. This isn't the, the player control league or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And I, I think like what Green Bay just needs to do is like use your running backs more. You have two great run like you have two great running backs. I know you're suffering squad. from not having receivers, but if you don't have receivers, run the fucking ball. <laughs> yeah, run the ball and let it open up for your receivers. Like the whole Aaron Rodgers with his his receivers thing is that's that's just kind of like I'm I'm sorry, but like they're gonna have to figure that one out. Like Aaron, like Aaron, you are a back to back MVP. You've literally like you you've gone out of your way to say that you're an MVP quarterback. Well, if you're an MVP quarterback, you can you should be able to work with almost any receiver. And you know they have been. I mean they've lost uh, MVS. You know he's on the Chiefs now. They still got Al Lazard. I think he was hurt. They got Mercedes Lewis. Um, they got young guys. I think the Randall Cobb is there too. Randall Cobb. He he's primarily a slot, but I think he's been going in and out as well. In terms, yeah. of, he's not the Randall Cobb of old, obviously. Of um, course. But you I know mean, they they have oh they many, have off of Dob uh, Dob as well uh, yeah. the rookie uh, rookie wide receiver they got Dobson but, or is it Wa- uh, Do- maybe it's Dob, Dob. Watson. There's it's a Christian. Dob. Is there a Christian Watts, Watson as well? I think that's who they drafted. Christian right? Watkins. Yeah. Watkins or no? They have Sammy Watkins. They have wait. They have Sammy Watkins. Yeah, he just he was back in that game. Hang on, I'm doing a double check. Yeah, he's on Christian Watkins is the rookie receiver. I thought that got picked up from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, also yeah, got Sammy Watkins, right? Uh, they yes, I think they do. And um, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis. 
Plus, you're I'm Aaron Rodgers. The I'm looking at their wide receiver. I'm just looking at their wide receiver just to help you out, uh, help us out. Excuse me. Yeah, um, but the expectation the is is that if you're paying fifty million dollars, that even Russell was able to do this. We were turning in no-name receivers into you know manageable rotational receivers for us. You're, the expectation is you're able to do the same. The only time that you're not able to do that is if you're your play calling or if you're if you're showing your pitches, right? Right. And um, hang on a second, which spot in this? Oh, okay. You ready for this one? So their receivers, their starting receivers. Uh, it's weird because of how they do like wide receiver, wide receiver, and wide receiver. So like your three, but Sammy Watkins is there. Romeo Dobbs is like the other. I think he's a rookie as well that they picked. That he showed like he was a preseason star. Yeah, he was a round four pick. He's one of their two um, rookie receivers. Christian Wat, uh, Christian Watson. There we go. Um, Christian so, Watson. So it was is, Watson. Yeah, it's Watson. Okay. okay. From North Dakota. That was their their second round pick. Um, a high second round pick too. Thirty uh, fourth pick overall. Um, he is questionable right now as of fourteen hours ago. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is in there, but he hasn't been used at all. Um, and get this, Randall Cobbs is on IR, and yeah. Alan Lazard is also questionable. He's in an arm sling right now. Is he? after that game? Yeah, I'm looking at yeah. it right now. <laughs> That's like a train wreck of an organization. Yeah, here it is. He was spotted. He was spotted in the sling. Suffered a shoulder injury during Sunday's loss to Washington. Uh, so they they're they're hitting. They got like injuries right now. So all they have left is Romeo Do- uh, Romeo Dobbs, Sammy Watkins, Amari Rogers, and Samori Tor. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who that is, but of course they got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I mean, just their pass catchers them. as well. Aaron Jones had a touchdown. Kind yes, of yes, he had, he had a really good game. But like, just use them. Oh, and Robert Tanyan is their. Uh, Started tight, tight end alongside Blues, Mercedes. Mercedes Blues. Blues. I, you know, imagine having over twenty years of Hall of Fame quarterback and only having two Super Bowls to show it. That's, <sighs> that's the Green Bay Packers. One and one, one for each. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that that sucks, but um, I think they've been spoiled heavily, and just right now, like, look, we've been you like because Aaron Rodgers is staying again with them, but at this point, it's like you're about they're about to hit a huge, a hard rebuild. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to probably trade like AJ Dillon. They may trade AJ Dillon. Um, I'm not sure about Aaron Jones. I'm not sure. Like, I think it's whenever um, Rodgers goes, I think they're going to start giving away all their good players. So we'll see. I mean, they already started that with Devontae Adams. True. That's very true. Um, with that, I mean, those are our coaches in the hot seat. One last thing I wanted to talk about. It's our fun story of the week. Refs are refs asking Mike Evans for an autograph. Conspiracy is that, you know, the, well, the, uh, Alleged story is that the refs were asking for Mike Evans's phone number for to get him in touch with a golf pro or something like that. Right. And everybody else was like, "No, nah, he was asking for an autograph." What do you what, what do you think happened down there? I mean, as a ref, I'm I'm the devil's advocate. As a ref, I would, and if you have a child or something like that, or even if it's you as a ref, you may want an autograph or something like that. Cool, but. I do understand that it makes it look bad, especially if it's caught on camera or something like that. Makes it seem like, oh, we were favoring you the whole game or whatever like that, which, I mean, I, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I didn't even know about that controversy until, like, I heard about it today. So it, yeah, it, so it is it, what it is. You, there's, like, video footage of it, too. And it I, was saw, like, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that, and I was just like, I don't I don't get it. What's so bad about them trying to get, you know, something from Mike Evans. Like, get an autograph from Mike Evans. Well, they went to Tom Brady. I bet you everyone will be saying something different. That's all I got to say on that one. I well, I think oh, I don't know if it's happened to Tom Brady, but we can only speculate on what's actually like we've seen so far. And I think you know, 
where it boils down to is the referee's impartiality. Is that a word? I think it's a word. You know, if, if referees are impartial to the players and showing favoritism towards one, if this was a real autograph situation, you know, if Mike Evans is in that 50-50 fight, right, you're either going to call pass interference or you're going to call, like, you can call uh, holding on your something, or not holding, but you call OPI or, or DPI, right? Was, it, two- was, was this like during, was this after the game or was this like at halftime when they were going in or something like I that? I think this was after the game. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, uh, I mean, you can, I feel like people are going to reach, in my opinion, I feel like people are reaching really hard if like a ref wanted to get some player's autograph, whether they did or did not have, I didn't watch the game in particular, so I don't know if there was like a, was there something around Mike Evans during the game where like they gave him a touchdown or something like that? Or I, I'm not too sure either, but like the, the, the point I want to get at though, is that it kind of, I mean, everything is set on precedent in this league, right? We didn't give a shit about concussion, pro- well, we did. But uh, the concussion protocol until Tua looked like he was going to need a wheelchair for the rest of his life, like that kind of thing, right? So mm-hmm. if, if this is the, – the, the point I'm trying to make, though, is that if this is for, – for a referee, you know, if he came in predetermined, you know, wanting an autograph for Mike Evans, then, you, you know, you, you look at calls on Mike Evans differently throughout that game, right? In that 50-50 situation, Mike Evans pushes off so that he can, he can get a ball versus mm-hmm. – um, and, and, you know, if the, the – the ref doesn't call it, then you can point your finger to favoritism in that situation, right? Or bias. And so that's, I, that's, I guess if people want to like reach, I'm just saying, but at the end of the day, like after a game, a ref is a person if they want, you know. But the, the, like, I think, I think that's the problem is that it's not after the game, right? Like if, if this is something that you wanted, like how do you, where, where do you set, where do you separate who you are before, during a game and after a game, right? During a game, you got during a game. You're you know you're focused on the game. You and then as a ref, you're focused on the game. You are another. They have like a. I'm not saying they have a pledge or anything, but they definitely say like you know we're impartial. We're, we want to give correct rulings when and whenever, except for that run ref on the center. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know during that 60 minutes or more for that game, you're doing what you need. You know, hour and a half really for that game. You know, you're doing what you need to do as a ref. Afterward, though, it's like the game's over. Like I've seen, it's not like I haven't seen people talk to a ref or something like that after a game and stuff. It's not like after the game, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, don't worry. I'm a, I'm gonna be there for your, uh, y'all when y'all's home game again. Okay. I'm gonna make sure I'm part of that referee staff. Cause they actually switch up the referee staff every time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're, 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 we're a little bit different on, on this one, which is fine. Uh, but for me, it's just about the impartiality of it. Why cast a shadow on your, on your, on yourself? Um, I'm but, getting I'm getting that autograph. <laughs> if I see yeah. my favorite player out, if I see a favorite one of my favorite players out there, and this is I and I'm taking care of it after a game, I'm taking care of it after a game. Yeah, now, granted, I don't know what's gonna happen with the ref. I've seen people even saying if you're, even if you're doing it, like why wouldn't you just do it like through DMs or something like that? <laughs> Maybe that makes it even look more shady if it ever gets leaked or anything. Well, that's, but, well, that's the thing, like because those refs don't stay there. That's my that's why I'm saying they have to take care of it after the oh, game. Yeah, yeah, after the game, the they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like the refs live in like where you know wherever the games are. That's why I'm saying like that's the only time you can take care of it is after the game. And I know for a fact that's not the first time this has happened with a ref trying to get someone's autograph. Yeah, well, allegedly we should okay. we need to we, we need. I'll a, say we allegedly to... this isn't the first time. I'm I know for I feel like not no. I, what I, I mean is think. that you have to say allegedly that the, you have to say allegedly to this incident being an autograph request. Oh, excuse me. That's right because it, it we was don't a know if it was a yeah. request, even yeah. though there's video footage of them, some him signing, signing something. something. Yeah, I don't know. But my regardless of the point, if I'm getting an autograph, I'm gonna go get that autograph. That's just me, though. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, do you want to go into our week seven picks? Because yeah. 
you look a little you look a little bloodied there. I had the opportunity of going perfect this week if it weren't for you some inopportune games. Stupid game. We can start it off with the Saints and Cards because I was man that game we should have had that one. Yeah, for sure. 42-34 cards. I got that right. Andy Dalton threw two pick sixes to end the first half. I think that's what ended it. Um, other things of note, Nook came back. Nook is back. Um, I think that had a big impact on them coming in. And uh, it looked like you could tell from their play calling that they were trying to get him back in as much as possible. Kyler mm-hmm. and Cliff got pretty heated in that game as well. But I think they, uh, I think they buried the hatchet at the end of it. Of course, um, of course. Next up, we had Browns at Ravens, 23-20 to 20 Ravens. I got that one right as well. Um, what do you think about that game? Like we had the Browns. Well, I say when I say we, I mean like my pick, which was the Browns, had it, but like they just—they almost blew that game again, didn't they? Like I was, we were talking during that game. I was like, these goddamn, the goddamn it, they're gonna lose this damn game again, and they missed that kick. Yeah, Cade York, I think the guy from Georgia. Right. So I, you know, it sucks. They didn't get the win, but it's whatever. It's it's just one of those things where it's like it, it was an inner division battle, and with the inner division battle, you know, it can go either way. Yeah. Bucks at Bucks at Panthers, twenty one to three Panthers. No one so, I wrote no one on planet Earth thought that that would happen. Panthers rushers played pretty well. Like we 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 shouted out Chuba Hubbard. Um who's it? PJ Walker had a good game. Um the, so wait, what? you're telling me the pan the Panthers beat the Bucks, and if a referee wanted to go get Mike Evans' autograph, that's against the law. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that, that's the uh, that's the funny situation around it, right? Because the context is is like if the refs were favoring the Bucks, they didn't do a good job of it, right? If the okay, you know the refs were favoring the Bucks, okay, people. Mike Evans even in that they game almost got blown out, twenty one zip. Yeah, and field goal was basically a no score, but in that I think it was a. Uh, late field goal too i'm not sure but i think the, the highlight real or the uh, low light real play for that is mike evans had a wide open touchdown he had the yeah. ball oh, in I, his saw, hand. I, I saw that i saw the meme it's like mike evans dropped this catch <laughs> yeah <laughs> still mike evans i guess i it. guess if the if the referees were trying to show favoritism towards mike evans they would have ruled that as a catch and touchdown the ball was incomplete it was a it was a terrible ball pass and we we're giving the catch to mike evans <laughs> the receiver had possession fumbled and then regained possession in the end zone touchdown buccaneers <laughs> touchdown bucks they need it <laughs> falcons at Bengals, 35 to 17 Bengals. we both got this one right joey b almost had like 400 yards at the half or i think it's 350 um what what went right for them in this game um they just found their offense that's pretty much it falcons they are in a rebuild uh, they're in a to me they're basically they're in the same boat as we are yeah they're they're having fun. Same, yeah i just don't know if that's having fun when you just keep losing back to back but again it's you know you lot the falcons lost matt ryan and they let a lot of their players go so this is just where they are right now especially with the rookie quarterback that they have in the from the first round hidden in the wing so i don't know if um uh if mariota will be um much what's like if when will mariota um you know move, uh get moved for desmond ritter behind him so yeah it's basically like when when like when colts decided to put sam ellinger in right mm-hmm. um lines at cowboys 24 to 6 cowboys I got that one right. I did not feel good about it. I'm not Say it with me. I got it. I'll, I'll take I'll take that one wrong every day. I hate the Cowboys. So. Yeah, we all do. But I, on principle, on principle. But I have it highlighted here. Say it with me. Same, Same old lines. lines. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Pat McAfee show did that as well, or someone. One of these other guys. I can't remember. Oh man, like We're, it's, it's bad it with the Lions right now. They've had four wins in two years, or something crazy like that. I thought they were gonna go on like at least you know get like give me like that nine you know nine eight 
kind of season, if anything, at least show that like there's some improvement. Because I really like Dan as a as a head coach. Unfortunately, he was like, hard knocks, he, right? He was on hard knocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah hard knocks preseason. And right now we're just waiting on the hard knocks uh, in season with the Cardinals, which you know we'll see what, what happens with that. Yeah, the the score it makes it seem like it was a blowout. It was a late flurry of turnovers from Jared Goff that kind of put them in this position in the fourth quarter. But I think where I, when I actually watched that game uh, on Red Zone and it kind of pinned it down to like I think there was a play where uh, I can't remember who they crossed the end zone, but the the ball it wasn't ruled a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And instead of challenging it, they ran another play. And on that very next play, I think Jamal Williams, our our favorite guy, bummed the ball, and it just went downhill from there. Because well, you, think- you also have to remember that, um, unfortunately, like the uh, for the Lions, they have a lot of draft picks this upcoming um, offseason as well. They have two first rounders, a second, a third, a fifth, and a sixth. And that first and that second are from the Vikings. Uh, what did they get for that? From uh, that was during the draft. So they traded. So the Vikings traded uh, traded up for the oh, line okay. pick, and then they got Lewis Seen. Uh, I think they got Lewis Seen for that, and they also got Christian Watson and Brian Asamoa to the Vikings. Oh, okay, I see, I see it. Twenty twenty two third second. Okay, I see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they basically got like two picks out of that, and then Lions next year they have uh, their the last first round pick from the Matthew Stafford trade from the Rams. That's where the other Rams first round pick is. Yeah. Um, so anywho, they got picks and I mean, Hey, hopefully they, I mean, I don't know if it's if Dan Campbell's going to last this season. Cause I think this is his, what his second season with them. Yeah. I can see him being on the hot seat as well. If you're yeah. not seeing any upward trending, like they were, they're offensively playing really well. And then it's starting to turn the same old line. Hard Knocks was a good show and all. And it showed like his, like how much he cared and stuff. But like at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta bring it out in the wins. But at the same time, that roster isn't all that great either. Like at the very least, Jared Goff can be really good, but at the same time, it's Jared Goff. Yeah, uh, we know his limitations. I mean, oh, the, do we not the, know? The, do we the, know? The Rams traded him and two, three picks just to get Matt Stafford. So that's the that's the disparity between the, that talent. Yeah, level. They, they got a uh, they got a Super Bowl out of it. I think in Matthew Stafford's first year with them, right? Yeah, yeah. this is his second year, so yeah. literally plug and play. That's it the situation. It was that's the situation the Broncos wanted, right? The Broncos wanted, the Colts wanted. They've had that same kind of window. It's just mm-hmm. they suck at it. Um, Giants at Jaguars, twenty three to seventeen. Giants. We both got that one right. Giants had to come back and win this one. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying like you can't keep. This is why I said in my thing about like us facing them. Do not keep the Giants in the game. You need to keep scoring the ball. Jaguars yeah. did not keep scoring the ball. Yeah, and you know they had and it showed a lot of grit from the, the Giants. They're not pushovers. They're not going to roll over. That's um, where all the grit that the Lions supposed to have it went over to the Giants somehow. It flew from <laughs> Detroit and traveled all the way up to New York. It's not that long of a flight. Colts at Titans. We had nineteen to ten Titans. We both got that one right. Uh, we talked a lot about this game or about the Colts already, but yeah, Matt Ryan benched for Sam Ellinger. That's the outcome of this game. I think he almost threw like sixty passes that game. Yeah, it was a crazy number of passes for a team that has John. Well, I think Jonathan Taylor was playing. Yeah, I think he was back. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor was there. It's just that like there was that one year where Jonathan Taylor was like the best running back in the league, and then now it's like yeah, let's not let's not let's not use him. Yeah, let's do something different. Packers at Commanders, 23-21 to 21 Commanders. Game was not as close as the final score made it seem. We both got first this one all, wrong. First of all, <laughs> I, I I thought, you know, hey, I'm not, I lost to both the, the both New York teams. We can't go out. And, we cannot go out and lose to the Commanders. Commanders. They did. <laughs> but they Taylor did. Heineke was out there. That's why. Not, Taylor um, Heineke. Yeah, and I think there was a – I think the defense showed out. 
Packers just look soulless, and the receivers all had butterfingers. I think that's yep. there. And most fighting. of their receivers are injured at this point. Yeah. Jets at Broncos, 16-9. Jets both got that one right. Broncos weren't able to move. Were able to move the ball. I mean, I think they had like 350 yards total, total yards. They just Fun fact for the audience, it. this man right here had to switch from Broncos to Jets. Yep. <laughs> yep. I told him. I told him. I said, J-E-T-S. Hey, aren't you? Hey, Jets, aren't you? Jets, Jets. I could play that card, too. You were on the fence of whether you wanted to vote for uh, Seahawks or Chargers. I uh, did, but guess who I stuck with? I stuck, stick I stuck with, Seahawks. with the Seahawks. <laughs> and once I saw that Russ was uh, Russ not was playing. injured, not playing, I mean, I know the team isn't good with him, though. but I think the team is worse without him. Um, you know, that's going from like a 1 to a 0 on a scale of 10. So, <laughs> yeah, Good <laughs> luck, Broncos, Jets. on the rest of your season because I don't know where y'all are going to go no, from don't here. Good, no good luck unless we're doing like a, No, uh, good luck on getting the rest of these lost, these L's, so we can have a good pick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Texans at Raiders. Um well, last thing on that Jets game, Jets defense looks solid. I think that's the heart of that defense. You know, they yeah. lost Brees Hall, but you're, Zach Wilson ain't winning you any damn games. That's for, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, as long as that defense keeps falling out, you know, courtesy of some of the picks we sent them. Yeah. Um, you know, they they can they got a good foundation there. Texans at Raiders, thirty-eight to twenty Raiders. We both got that one right. Josh Jacobs, my fantasy running back. Is he really? <laughs> yeah. Thank God you didn't. Did, was he on the block for you? No, he's been starting every single week, and he had three games with 140 plus yards and multiple touchdowns. touchdowns. It's, it's been great. It's been great. He, he's been balling out. The game was actually a lot closer. Closer than no people think. He has no choice but to ball out. By the way, he's on his contract year. Oh, that's true. And then you know, on a team that has Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, uh, one more, I think one more receiver. I can't remember. Um, that's the oh, Darren Waller. Collins. Well, Darren um, Waller, Mac right? Collins. Mac Collins had like a hundred plus yard day too, so I yeah, throw him in there. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But you know, on a team with a lot of loaded receiver talent and Derek Carr, you know, to ball out, good, good for him. Hopefully, he gets his his bread. Um, yeah. Also, Josh, a lot Jacob, Josh Jacobs was also one of those people where they said, "Ooh, you have a fifth round, like a fifth year option." Yeah, we're not taking that. Good yeah, and, you know, <laughs> he's going to make them regret it now because if it goes to free agency and the Raiders want to keep him. They're going to yeah. more than likely keep him after the like if he keeps this up. Well, I'm not saying he needs to keep up the 100, but if he keeps this like this level of production up and they don't sign him still, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, Raiders haven't seemed like they know what they're doing for a long. I can time. see the Broncos going after him. Why not? Yeah, Chiefs at 49ers, 44-23. Chiefs both got this one right. Never really looked like it was anything in doubt, did it? There's nothing to look at. It's just it's just Pat Mahomes being Pat Mahomes. The Chiefs laid out their game plan because we, I mean, we we know the we know how the uh, the Niners do their thing, right? They go they go they come down hard, you know, like that's that's their thing. You know, they 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 throw everything at you. When you do that, and if you have speedy receivers at the, on the edges, you know those those deeper balls open up very quickly because oh, yeah. that separation that separation is there. Chiefs yeah, laid out their game plan. 23 yeah, they, I think they messed up at some point. Michael Hard, <laughs> I think Michael Hardman had like a like a fantastic day as well as uh, um, Juju, which is good yeah. to see. Even though he ain't da- he, as long as he's not dancing on teams' logos and jinxing the team and that kind of thing. But I think they almost had three hundred. Oh no, those are the the Bengals that almost had three hundred yard receivers. But mm-hmm. the but you know the uh, the Chiefs the Chiefs laid out their plan. They're going to come over the top. They executed it perfectly. They pretty much laid out the script for any team. Um, moving mm-hmm. forward, uh, Steelers at Dolphins, sixteen to ten. Dolphins both got that one right, but a lot closer than we thought. Um, I mean, I I can see why, especially when Tua came in, right? 
Yeah, like, but Kenny, Kenny Pickett, that's that's the rookie QB, right? I feel like everything's like out against him, so he threw those picks, those two picks. Um, that definitely <laughs> close the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah, can't do anything with that. Like, you can't. Those turnovers will kill you. It'll kill the drive, the momentum, everything. So hey, <laughs> it is what it is on that one. But I mean, hey, Dolphins got to win, and hopefully. Um, Tua can like get a little bit of rest and then um, you know continue to keep on going the season because I think there was a stat line they gave for that game that um, both Waddle and Hill are they have the most yards for like the wide receiver duo out of all the teams. So and they're also the fastest team out there. Oh I yeah, think yeah they, they, I think they, the average speed of that team because they also got Raheem Mustard in there and who's who's like a you know track runner. Oh yeah, for sure. Bears at Patriots, thirty-three to fourteen. Bears no on again, planet. no one on planet Earth. Would have thought that would have happened, especially after Patriots have been just like demolishing teams to oblivion with Bailey Zappi as the quarterback. Um, what what do you yeah. think went wrong? Um, what went wrong was because they had a little bit of a quarterback controversy. So Mac Jones came back for this game, and then after that, he threw a like he threw like a, a situational pick that kind of changed like the game a little bit. And then um, what was the next part? Uh. I think after that, they just couldn't keep it up. You know, they, they just couldn't keep that momentum. I only saw like the first half where they were winning. And then, cause here's the funny part, fantasy for me, I had the Patriots defense and they oh, had, no. and then the person I was facing had, um, uh, Stevenson, the running back for the Patriots. And, you know, he was, you know, at least solid. He was like, he was starting the whole game. So I thought like, okay, Patriots defense just got it. They got a pick here, this, there sacks. Great. And then next thing you know, I looked the next day, and it was like it flipped, like the score flipped on me, and I lost. And now <laughs> oh, I'm three man. and three on in my ESPN league. Okay. If I, if I started someone else, I could have won, but it is what it is. You know how it goes. Yeah, and that's all the games for for um, this week. So the overall record for picks, I, uh, Adam, you came in at a respectable eight and six. Good on you for getting above five hundred. We have to we have to commend you on that. Uh, Hush. <laughs> you look. I can see uh, you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this dub for this upcoming week. I don't care. I'm getting this dub. That's all I gotta say. You, you, you guys can't see it because we don't have video yet. But Adam is looking at me like you lucky, but this is over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, like I, I'm still a competitive person at the end of the day. I want to get my dub too. You know, not a tie. <laughs> Adam like Adam's like Canal. You're throwing out some fighting words over there. Yeah, buddy. The, really some, some fighting words. Them some fighting yeah. words. So how about we get into these games and we get them picks then? Well, like, really quick, I went eleven and three, Bad. and so that puts me at three three zero oh, and one with Bad. that one one tie coming last week. Bad. But for you, you've been trending towards five hundred, so good on you for that. So t- you're at twenty eight and thirty one overall this season. I'm at thirty nine and twenty. I mean, there's still a lot of football to be played. We're only, we're not even halfway through yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's go into our week uh, week eight picks. Let's let's rapid fire through these really quick. Ravens at Buccaneers. I'm going Ravens this time around. I am too. They're not playing at home, and I haven't seen a soul. And, uh, the Buck, like both the Bucks, or I would just say both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are kind of getting hit hard by the NFL at the moment. It's like the NFL's targeting them specifically somehow. It seems spiteful at this point, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but oh man, yeah. So next up, I have we have Broncos at Jaguars. 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 I don't never trust the Broncos. Yep. Panthers, Panthers at Falcons. That's I put Falcons. I got Falcons. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Panthers. Okay, I believe I in PJ that. Walker. 
I can I can see I can see them. This uh, is a coin flip game, and I'll, you know what? I will watch this game specifically just because of how where this game can go. For for everybody that's you know, if you haven't caught on already, the, the where the where our pickums like really are interesting is where we disagree because that's where that's where the the uh, the uh, the differences between a win and a loss are made, right? And so this one is interesting. I I can see this one changing if Panthers ch- trade away like DJ Moore or something like that. I can see you changing your picks. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is isn't locked in until Sunday morning. All right, uh, but here's the next one: Bears. Bears at Cowboys. Cowboys. You're going uh, Bears, aren't you? Uh, no, I'm going to go Cowboys. This oh, time. now they're going to lose. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I would be more than happy if they lost. <laughs> uh, me too. But like, <laughs> you jinxing it. I love it's it. Not that it's not. It's only because like the Bears just finally got their best game of the season can they keep it up i don't know yet it, i don't have i don't have the evidence for that yet so i can't trust them at this moment yeah dolphins at lions i think we, dolphins. We, yeah we, we know who was sorry now, we're sorry we wanted somehow you to be successful a, the lions somehow found a way on the dolphins of all teams i'm i'm crying cards, cards at vikings and vikings i put uh, this is a tough one i got vikings you have vikings do i trust the cardinals right now I don't trust. I'm. I'm I don't too. trust. I have trust. I. am not gonna lie to you. I might change on the cards and Vikings, but okay. like I'm. I'm with the Vikings right now because especially when it's not even a primetime game either, it should be okay. Yeah, Raiders at Saints. Who you got? I got Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> Man, this is gonna be really boring week, ain't it? Patriots at Jets. Patriots. I mean, I can. Hey. I can Jets. No, nah, I'm going Jets. I'm on the Jets train right now, man. I, I that's a good train to be on. I think the Patriots can force uh, Zach Smith to be in some uh, awkward situations. It'll be interesting to see how James Robinson fits in. You that know team. what? For the Cards and Vikings, I am going to go Cardinals on that one. I will. I changed it right here. Cardinals. All right, perfect. I'll yep. uh, I'll update that too later on. Yep. Um, yep. Eagles at the uh, Steelers at Eagles. No. Eagles. Yeah. That's not. Too can you pick it? I mean, Eagles are fielding James, uh, um, what's his name, Ahmad Bradbury and uh, Darius Slay. Like they're the two top corners in the league. They're both yeah. top uh, the top ranked PFF. Or I just look at the DVOA. offense right now. They have a solid defense, especially with the that D tackle they picked up from Georgia. But um, yeah, honestly, Eagles are just like the team to beat right now, and Steelers aren't there yet. Unless yeah. the Steelers, I'd be more than happy if they got this one wrong. I mean. <laughs> these, right. There's a lot of these picks where we're we're okay losing. Titans, Titans at Texans. Texans. Titans for me. I think Derrick Henry is trying to get a groove, buddy. Really? Oh, yeah, that's true. He did have a great – he had a decent game. Um, the Texans are also – I feel like the Texans could also pull away, but in this case, I'm with King Henry. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's all I got. No, Commanders, Commanders at Colts. At Colts. That's a tough one, but because now – I mean, I, I had my I pick. Lo- I, like, I like Taylor Heineke. A lot. Like he should have been the starter for this team. I feel like he was the he was a correct starter. They shouldn't have even gotten Carson Wentz. They should have just they should have just like saved their picks or whatever. No trade for Carson Wentz. Just just roll with Taylor Heineke. And if it doesn't work out, you'll have a low enough pick for another uh, QB draft. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the rest of the team was starting to play pretty well too. Like Scary Terry had some touches. Uh, Antonio Gibson was also getting involved and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, I, it was it's a complete fuck up that they went out and got Carson Wentz. I think. I think everybody well, knows that. I mean, that was that was Dan Snyder himself. Apparently, he forced yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and even though was, I think that maybe, Ron Rivera, some... maybe when Ron Rivera was throwing him under the bus, he was also still like petty and tight about that. So he was just like, you know, we. It's an owner's league. So when you had Ron Rivera as coaches on the hot seat, I can see Ron Rivera being on the hot seat because of that. You know. Unfortunately. Forty ers at Rams. Uh, this is. 
I'm gonna say 49ers because the Rams have not been them their true selves. So, but Allen Robinson be, is starting to get a little this bit. This is touches, weird. But... I will say this is gonna be weird if like the if, I wouldn't be so. I'm just gonna say I would not be surprised if the Rams won though. If that yeah, makes sense. I, I'm okay with the Rams winning. They're like again, I'm okay with getting this wrong. If I'm like three and ten this week, I'm okay with it as long as I still get that sweet sweet dub. <laughs> So Giants at Seahawks. I mean, we have to go for the home team on this Seahawks. one, but that's a game we're definitely. I'm, I'm going to be watching that rather than the. Wait a second. I think it's yeah, because Packers and Bills is going to be the prime time game, and the uh, 49ers, the are uh, uh, Seahawks, and I think the Colts are three twenty five, or is it just those two? Either way, mm. yeah. Bills at Packers. Bills because Bills. Or Packers Bills. at Bills. Packers at Bills. Excuse me. Bills. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna. We're not, we don't have to explain ourselves on that one. Bengals and Browns. I'm Bengals. Yeah, I, mean, I think the Joey Beach, the Joe Shiesty, is starting to come back. Yeah, I haven't seen much from the Browns unless they just run the ball all the time. But I, it's not. It's not working anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, we gotta we gotta get a haul of picks or for for week eight. Um, that wraps up the majority of the content we had. Any uh, parting thoughts? Last minute things you wanted to talk about, Adam? Um, it's been a very interesting season so far, like really, really interesting. Um, and I love it by the way, like that, don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the fact that like the Packers aren't like six and L right now. I, I love the fact that like Tom Brady isn't, I mean, Tom Brady isn't the Bucks aren't uh, successful, even though they have like a star studded team, you know, the jets, the Giants are all of a sudden just like, hey, we too can go to the playoffs. So if you I, love I underdogs, you love this NFL season. Basically, especially with the Seahawks. Like, who, who would have thought that the Seahawks would be where they are? Who would have thought? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have this documented. I will share it if it actually comes to fruition. But I I don't want to jinx it. I had a prediction for the number of games. I won't share it here because that's uh, fine. That's fine. No, keep just it, keep I don't want to jinx it. I'm a little superstitious, but I, it will come out on our Twitter if I. Uh, if I uh, if we if we reach that milestone, because I texted cousin Nick back in May what I what I thought the Seahawks would do after I watched our draft uh, our draft class uh, you know uh, what do you call it footage. Oh, I see. Someone was very positive after the draft. I got you. I got you. I yeah, got you. yeah. Nothing wrong with that. that. Nothing, wrong, Nothing with that. wrong with that. But it's not just anyone. I was very positive, and I'm a pessimist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. All right. What about you, man? I you know. Coming back to those referees that chased down Mike Evans for the autograph, I don't know what the outcome of that is, but uh, or if that was allegedly an autograph. But I I love the fact that people are out there with risking their jobs for autographs, <laughs> and I love that uh, there is controversy around it because you know how much we love that NFL gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, good old NFL gossip. Good NFL gossip. And with that, you know, that's all from us here at the Miss Reps Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Follow us on Twitter at, and Instagram at our handle at Miss Reps. And we hope to see you again next week. Peace.